You don't listen, do you? You just ask the same questions every week. How's your job? Are you having any negative thoughts? All I have are negative thoughts. Everybody, welcome to Fan Splainers. I'm Ian Boothby, and I'm David Dedrick. And today we're going to be talking about uh, what we normally talk about, which is comic book movies. Yes, it seems we that's our that's our standard. We've we've veered away. We've done yep. you know some classic summer movies. We've done our, uh, some Jawses. Yeah. Uh, last week we talked about Freaks, which was not a comic book movie, but no. felt like one. It certainly had superhero superpower elements. I wouldn't say superhero, but I would say superpower elements. And now we've almost got the opposite this week, where we have. Uh, a character uh, from a comic who mm-hmm. does not have superpowers. It's very grounded. Yeah. Uh, I would not say realistic, uh, but I, I would say there's uh, no no superpowers in it, but it's a comic book character. And, of course, I'm talking about the Joker, which is a uh, mm. Todd Todd Phillips. Yes, that's right. the direct, director of uh, mm-hmm. The Hangover Road Trip. Uh, a Due lot date, of, yeah, old school. Yeah, a lot of those kind of uh, bra uh, type uh, comedies who you know yeah. recently said you just can't do comedy anymore because everyone's just too woke and yet they did not call this the woker <laughs> they had their chance they had their chance <laughs> they missed out that's right todd we'll let you have one a do-over you did the hangover you can do the do-over as well and it feels like this is a movie that uh, the media tried to uh, really get controversial with and try and find a, a hot angle yeah uh, honestly yeah. like it's a dangerous movie people are going to go to it and uh, get killed mm. and it's like you know s- bad stuff has happened at the movies before this is not, uh, not you know a, it's, it doesn't it doesn't take very much for people to get killed nowadays but it really felt like the media was uh, pushing for that yes. and like oh it's gonna nothing okay that, and so good on everybody for not Keeping doing it. anything yeah I'll Good like, on you. For for what it's worth, I feel like this movie is not what everyone was getting excited about. Like, I don't think it's... Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not the movie that people were getting Well, people were saying it was the next about. Fight Club. Though I don't remember people rioting after Fight Club. No, no. And I don't think this movie is, is quite the same story as Fight Club. I don't think it's... There's elements. There's elements. The old mm-hmm. Twisteroo uh, well, there's, has a has a little thing on there. And yeah, by the yeah. way, let's uh, let's establish right now that we are doing spoilers. This sure, is a yeah, this movie spo- is this spoiler f- podcast. We have another yeah. podcast called Sneaky Dragon that we do, and sometimes we talk about pop culture. Try not to spoil things there, but here we're going to do a deep dive on this, yeah. and uh, everything's going to be spoiled. So if you uh, don't want that to happen. Uh, put this aside yeah. uh, in a little uh, hope chest. Lock it up <laughs> with your dreams. And is then it come... cedar-lined hope chest? Yeah, of why, yes. why are we even talking what are we, about this? Yeah, I just why, are we, to... why are we even bringing that right. up? Of course I was it's just showing off. I was just showing off. I'm All sorry. right, yeah, I understand you. Were. It's okay. Every episode brings that up. <laughs> uh, and uh, and uh, listen to it a little bit later on. Or if you're the kind of person who goes, eh, I'm not going to see it. Just spoil it for me. Hmm. Uh, well, sit back and, uh, and enjoy the talk. Yeah. All right. So we usually... Uh, this is this is a we'll get into what we generally felt, but this feels like uh, a trend that's going on right now, which is Batman without Batman. Mm. 
you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you've got things like on television we have uh, Batwoman. We have the okay. Birds of Prey uh, 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 movie coming up. Okay. Um, Suicide Squad had a little bit of Batman in it, but it didn't have Batman. Gotham mm-hmm. was everything leading up to when Batman would show up. Okay. Uh, there's a show on right now called Pennyworth, which is the adventures of Batman's uh, butler before he became Batman's butler. Mm. People really, and there used to be another Birds of Prey, uh, like television show that yes. was on. The whole idea was similar to Batwoman. Batman just went, eh, I'm leaving Gotham. And he, he leaves, and someone else has to take care of him. Yeah. Okay. So this seems to be a thing that people are liking now for pop culture is I like Batman, but I don't want any Batman in my Batman. <laughs> and all of these have gone in very different stylistic directions, but sure. this is another in the long line of Batman with no Batman. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess I guess it, there's the the elements around Batman that are interesting to people for whatever reason that his character is is magnetic enough that what what happens around him is is equally interesting to yeah to readers or to to watchers. The last it. movie that tried this, um, though, boy, it didn't uh, uh, was Catwoman. Okay, uh, Halle but, Berry's yes, because that but that was set in an entirely different universe, basically, wasn't it? Like it wasn't in like well, a, Batman did was it show in Gotham? Up. Was it in Gotham though? Uh, I don't know if it was in Gotham, but I mm. do know she was Catwoman, and Catwoman is a Batman character, and so it was like let's do Catwoman, but not yeah. have Batman involved. Mm. Like you know, I I guess if you're interested in the character, if you if you think it's worth exploring, then I don't see any problem with it. You know, right? But you did not like Catwoman, did you, or did you? I never saw Catwoman. That, that's why we're having this discussion. Okay, good. I was going like, you seem to be like, no, it's a valid idea to do a Catwoman movie with Halle Berry. And, and that to me says, you have not seen this movie. <laughs> no, I, ha- I don't think I saw it. Alex Borstein is her best friend. Comedy relief. Mm, I think. And is the Catwoman a stand-up comic? No. Does she, does she go to the Catskills? <laughs> that would is be, that why she's Catwoman skills? I think you were thinking Cat of skills uh, uh, the Marvelous Miss uh, Maisel. Maisel yes, that was or perhaps the trip. Captain Marvelous Miss Maisel. Captain the, uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Because uh, that does have Alex Bornstein as the sidekick yes, in that right. as well. That's, that's, right. that's, that's fair. Okay. That's where I was going. Uh, I understand yeah. that you were going there. I feel like I've seen part of that movie because I know that there's a scene uh, downtown and it shows the the big bookstore chapters, which is sort of like a flagship store in Vancouver. In Vancouver, and yet they had left a letter unlit on the chapters, so they knew they were going to be in a movie, but they couldn't be bothered to pay someone to come and fix the the lighting on their sign. Maybe it was a tribute to uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and Batman Returns, where yeah. she had the sign that said sure. "Hello there," yeah, and then after she went crazy, it was "Hell here." Yeah, I really liked that in the movie. That was quite unfortunately this was just. Why didn't they give her a movie? Right? <laughs> yes. Like, wouldn't that have been a good spinoff movie? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Do do, do that. Sure. Uh, but but no dice. Uh, they they did the Halle Berry <laughs> Catwoman movie, and then then we forgot about that for many a year. And then uh, this was a bit of an odd odd one because you had um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on Jared uh, Leto. Jared Leto, uh, yeah. Leto, sorry about that. Uh, I mean, well, both are. I think both are. Both fine. are silly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, did the Suicide Squad movie that mm-hmm. no one liked, and he was coming across as like he's the next big Joker after yeah. you know the late Heath, Heath Ledger uh, won an Oscar for his performance. Um, for that, of course, Jack Nicholson. Uh, and so I was like, uh, what is it? you're doing another Joker movie, but we've got a Joker, and that mm. Joker hasn't even met Batman yet. What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> he met Batman because they got in the fight in the car. 
Batman and oh, that's right, in a flashback. Yeah, that's right. He did meet Batman, but not in an like, not in an official way. They didn't yeah. change business cards. He killed just, Robin, just, perhaps <laughs> according to a suit that was hanging somewhere oh, okay. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, whatever. It wasn't. Um, I feel like the Jared Leto or Leto version of Batman was kind of a palate cleanser for us. Like he was basically a sacrifice uh, because Heath Ledger's ba- uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is so seminal. Yes, that. You know, it's gonna. Be, we're not gonna forget that version of of Joker. And before he and before Heath Ledger was cast as the Joker, mm-hmm. there was a lot of what Heath Ledger, mm-hmm. ugh, because the Joker was Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Or if you like the cartoon show, maybe Mark Hamill. But yeah. it was like yeah. Heath Ledger. Mm. What from Ten Things I Hate About You? That guy. That's your Joker. Ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> and then uh, did an amazing job. Yes, he did. I think the problem with uh, Jared Leto is also that we don't know his last name. But the <laughs> but the problem with his Joker was it crossed a line that you don't often cross with the Joker, or you know that I haven't really seen crossed with the Joker before, where it, he's he's a violent uh, sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, he's crazy. He's cruel. He is a criminal. Uh, but he is not uh, a sexual deviant. And I think in the Suicide Squad, he was doing things like um, Harley Quinn was dancing and he'd say to his henchman, hey, do you want to have sex with Harley? Come on, you're going to have sex with her. And it's like, "Mm, okay, well, now we've... Now yeah, we've, yeah. And I don't know why that crosses the line, but it felt like it crossed the line. I was like, well, uh, no, this is not the Joker <laughs> and ugh, and gross. And it feels like the next Birds of Prey movie, which is called Birds of Prey, I believe the Emancipa- Emancipation of Harley Quinn. There's probably a longer name to that that I'm wow. uh, getting not, not including. I hope, I hope it is. I hope it is longer. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, I think they're going to try and cleanse the palate of uh, of that last one. Well, you know, and that's 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 fine. I mean, I think that Jared, Jared Leto's performance was not was not great, but I mean, he wasn't given very much to do. I think the character was shoehorned into the movie. I don't think he was intended to be in the. Well, film. he was cut out of most of the movie. There was a yeah. lot more shot. Okay, and then they 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 trimmed it back. Mm. And then you hear the stories of him prepping for the part yeah, by yeah, like sending silly. people dead animals. Yeah, I know. And uh, okay, we're doing <laughs> we're doing all that. Uh, I'm not again save us from method actors. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big fan. And again, in this movie, we've got someone who's a method actor who lost a lot of weight for the part and mm. what have you. And I'm I'm again that myself. I'm not pro that kind of thing. But we can get into that a little bit later on. I'm gonna I'm gonna go on the pro side of it myself. But. You are? You're gonna go in, into the pro of uh, body modification? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Christian Bale in The Mechanic or Robert De Niro in Raging Bull? Which yeah. is probably more closer to what we're talking about now stylistically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm trying to look up Birds of Prey and the full name of the, uh, of the movie now. <laughs> okay. So please, vamp. Oh, I was just going to be quiet so it would uh, disappear. This and the, but now I'm talking, so it's just going to have to. Everyone will have to put up with this long, long uh, pause while Ian looks up the emancipation. Here we go. It is. Oh, here we go. Birds of prey, and in brackets, and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn mm. is the full name of the movie. Well, so well, it gives try it to a kind of a that quirky, on your uh, marquee. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you can't. You can't. can't. But it does. It does have a. This have a kind of a quirky feel that sort yeah, of ho- gives you a sort of a hopeful sense for yeah. that movie. I think it'll be fun. I just came back from New York, and they did um, 
they had the costumes okay. from it there. And the costumes aren't really costumes. They look like just very cool clothes. Mm. And I thought when I saw them, I'm like, well, they didn't seem to be putting a lot of effort into this. <laughs> uh, and, and then later on, the stars actually did show up as like a surprise appearance. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. good. But almost every, and I don't want to divide people into, and men did this and women did this. But all the women that I talked to who had seen the trailer and saw these outfits yeah. uh, were all on board, yeah. like 100% on board. Sure. And it just felt interesting that the I'd always see the ads for the Birds of Prey thing almost immediately after I'd see the ads for the Joker, and it was like, mm. oh, this is good counter programming yeah, on, yeah. on their part of like, yeah. you know, do you like the Joker? Well, you go see the Joker. If you don't want to see the Joker, want to see this movie about a woman going mm. uh, to hell with the Joker? I just brought up, broke up with him, or <laughs> having fun with me and my friends. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, well, that's. Smart. So uh, if you don't like this, you've got a little bit of that coming up later on. And and you know what? And you're also allowed to like both. You can. Or you're you can like, like neither. Or you can like neither. I mean, and I, I've talked about it a little bit before on Sneaky Dragon. I don't know if we've talked about it in this show, but I'm kind of a fan of where DC is going right now. Like, like I do enjoy the Marvel films, but the Marvel movies are very cookie cutter. No. In their approach to each, each movie. disagree. Well, each movie is kind of the same. Like, it nope. has a similar story. Nope. The... You know, well, you can. Well, please go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, to they be just feel okay. That's fine. Rude. They just feel kind of samey to me. They're kind of a. They have a similar level, and they just kind of you know they've they've reached like a level of professionalism that is undeniable, and then no, they just kind of that. they just kind of sit there. And after, you know, there's some that are good and some that are bad, and mm-hmm. you know, some of you go that was really good, and other ones you go that eh, was okay. But you know, they all kind of have a similar feel. They have a house style. Let's say that. Okay. But I, I kind of disagree. But go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Whereas with. Uh, what I'm like with DC are doing, and they're just kind of like giving these movies to people, or, or giving these these uh, I guess characters or whatever they call them uh, to people, and just saying you know just have fun with it, I guess, or do what you want, take it in any direction you want. We're not we're not like thinking in terms of a universe right now. We're just kind of sure. letting things go where they will, and you can just kind of do whatever you want. Like this movie, which is actually just called Joker, it's not called the Joker. So oh okay, sorry about so that. So it's just called Joker, you know, and it's. You could say it's a, it's a. You could say it's an origin story, could. or you, or you could not, because the movie actually leaves it very much in doubt over what is real and what isn't oh, in the film. Oh, completely, yeah. You know, so you could take it as a standalone that has nothing to do with anything. That it's just sort of like a a Gotham City story that's unrelated to Batman in most ways, except for a bit of it, which to spoil it right away, which is that they relate the death of it's a Batman of origin story. As Thomas well, they, Thomas they, Wayne, yeah. And, and Martha Wayne. Yeah. And Martha Wayne, like the death of the, his of, of uh, Batman's parents, which is actually the part of the movie that I was mostly like, kind of like, eh, you know. Yeah, by the time, I want to get to the other things you said, but I think, yeah. yeah, by the time we get to that point, there's a certain point where the movie, you just go, well, now it's on the rails. Yeah. And it's going to go where it's going to go, and it's now going to tick all the boxes. Sure, and sure. then it tries to do a twisteroo at the end. And to me, it's like, mm, you know, this is a real have cake plus eat. Uh, yeah, hit. yeah. Could I, let me just let me okay, just say before. Uh, let me just put in a couple of. Um, sure. I know that you're going to bring up James Gunn and you're going to bring up um, Go you're going to bring up Taiko Waititi, which I think is was a conscious decision by Marvel after they got rid of Edgar Wright because Edgar Wright was taking the this Ant-Man. taking Ant Man in a direction that was too outre for what for the house style of Marvel at that time. Okay. That they kind of walked back that idea and are allowing a bit more personal expression in their films. But I think if you look at the majority of their movies, they're very much done to a particular 
I don't want to say cookie cutter because I don't think they're exactly alike, but I just, I just mean that they have a house kind of style. There's similar music, similar cinematography, similar, you know, there's lots of things that are repeated throughout the film to give them kind of a, a similarity so that there's a flow between them all. And yes, there's the odd one that stands out, the Shane Black Iron Man 3, I think is a movie that's very different than, than its predecessors and in a good way. And obviously Taika Waititi's take on Thor, which was kind of a regeneration of that character mm-hmm. that had gone because it had kind of gotten dead-ended in the in Thor 2. Those have been interesting. Like they've kind of recognized where where there's been weaknesses. But I think, you know, overall, I've this as a as a movie viewer who is not a superhero fan. Okay. You know, I have a more stand backish look when I when I watch these movies. I'm not totally in into them because I like action movies and that's what I go to them for. Okay. Let me uh, all right. So uh, I've heard people say this, and I think it's hot nonsense, but um, <laughs> let me just give you an example. Sure. Like, yeah, of course I can go like uh, Thor Ragnarok yeah. is in no way like um, like The Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. is in no way like Spider-Man uh, um, uh, Far From Home. Yeah. Like, they're all stylistically mm-hmm. very, very different movies. Like, yeah. you've almost got a John Hughes movie with, with the Spider-Man stuff with the superheroes tied sure. on. So sure. let me just give you this example. Captain America has okay. had three movies. Yeah. It had uh, the first, Captain America First Avenger. It had Captain mm-hmm. America Winter Soldier. Yeah. had Captain America a Civil War. Yeah. Those three movies are radically different stylistically. Radically different. You know, and that's three movies in the same series, mm. you know. So I'm just giving you that example off the top. Like, the, you know, none, none of those I just, are, are I would agree that I would agree that they're different than the first, but I'd say the second two are fairly similar in, in style and in tone. The second one is a very grounded uh, Some, action, somewhat action movie. Yeah, uh, and the third one, you know, has the scene at the airport where a guy turns into a giant for crying mm-hmm. out loud. And there's you know people in you know you got Iron Man changes everything, and it, it's basically an Avengers movie. Uh, that's uh, it's just stylistic. Like the the second one is so grounded and tight. If mm. you, I don't know if you've watched it a second time, but it's an it's an amazing tight action movie where everything is believable and fairly realistic. Uh, within this world where people are yes. stronger than they should be. <laughs> That's right. Where the most outrageous yeah. thing is there's one guy who's got wings, and when you see him, you're like, geez. And in the next movie, we've got a Spider-Man shows up. Mm. Uh, we've got, again, a guy that turns into a giant mm-hmm. and then asks for some orange slices. Uh, <laughs> you know, you've got uh, Black Panther and all of and Wakanda being being introduced. And, yeah. You know, this, this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that is in no way anything grounded, and it's not the tight action movie that the second one is. Yeah. You can, in retrospect, go, oh, it all links together because it goes from here to here to here. But if you look at the three films, very, very, very different. Even Thor, that first Thor, and then the third Thor. The second one is a bit of a dog. But the first <laughs> Thor and third Thor, stylistically, radically different genres of movies. Sure. So even within the confines of their own thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's uh, it's 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 very very different, and then yeah, you got as as you brought up, James Gunn is doing a very different thing in his own he uh, world. Uh, Taiko is doing a very different thing in his own yeah. world, and yeah, there are some like Ant Man that feel like okay, we're going along with the formula formula, mm-hmm. but it's a formula that they've made up. So you know we're used to it now because it's successful, but I don't know if that's something to. Come thing, but when you're saying that DC is giving these films a chance, uh, what I don't know what you mean because like we just had Suicide Squad, mm. which seems like the most 
Yeah. Gratuitous jamming in <laughs> of like, you know, hey, the Justice League, Superman's here yeah. and we're all got to deal with all this stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm and, not talking about those movies. I think... I so think, what are, aside from I this movie, made, what's, what's a unique take? Well, I'm thinking of Shazam got. as being a film that's more the vision of the filmmaker and not of the studio. And I wonder if Suicide Squad was kind of a wake-up call for for people at Warner Warner Brothers to say, like, you know, maybe we need to stand back a, in a bit and not be so micromanaging of these Did movies. Did you feel like Shazam, though? They were. It felt like they were mentioning Superman and Batman. Like, the whole thing was oh, an ad for all their other movies. I don't know if it's an ad for the other well, movies. I mean, They're the, trying to, like, kid, tie them in a bit. One kid is the biggest fan of, like, Superman. Sure, sure. And they actually use a Batarang. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they refer to all the other, you know, yeah. characters. And at the end, it's a big punchline is one of the characters shows up. And then they sure. have, like, the credit sequence with the Justice League jamming with them, though they couldn't afford them for the actual thing. Um, I, just think the, I just think the voice of that film is, and the look of it is a lot different than the look of the Zack Snyder versions of okay, I'll give you movies. that, but I think that's because I feel those like, failed. That's yeah, the thing. Like, yeah, yeah. They're, no, no. I, they're that's making what I think. changes not because they they're making for artistic reasons, yeah, yeah. but because it was they were flopperoos. Well, you can have the, not the decisions. Financial flopperoos. I mean, no, they weren't okay. financial flopperoos, but they were artistic. No, Justice League made money. I, that's what I said. They weren't. None oh, of them. Said, none of them were okay. flopperoos. So, so the they're they're changing. You know, they're making changes. Even Suicide Squad was a, was a massive success. Yeah. So they're making changes. These films isn't like an acknowledgement that they're wrong. It's just an acknowledgement that maybe their aesthetic is not working. And so... Well, the, the tr- movies you know, themselves made money, but I think the feeling was they couldn't build on these and build something out of it mm, that would be continue to be successful. Sure, that could be that. I mean, that's possible too, because they are kind of... They do kind of dead end in a, in a way. Well, but I feel like when if you watch, like I say, Shazam... It feels different. Aquaman feels different. Then I don't think it was an entirely successful film, but it stands on its own. It has a it at least it recognizes what the weaknesses of it, of the earlier movies and attempts to correct them in a way. What was what did it correct? Because it felt like it was just a CGI well, shit show. Yeah, CGI garbage, like, of course. But I'm talking about like the character development, the like fact that me, you had characters who had actual like points of view, like they're they're you know like in Aquaman. Yeah. What, what was the point of view? The point of view is that I've been drunk with your dad off the top, and then meets Mara, and they well, don't, don't really get along. And I don't even I always, know what Mara wanted. I have no <laughs> well, idea. Mara, yeah, Mara and is the, the villains. I don't Mara know what, the weak character. I don't know what Black Manta wanted. He just showed up every so often, randomly through the well, movie. Black Manta wanted to get uh, revenge for the death of his father, which he blames on Aquaman. So right. that that's that's character. And then that's, the that's your then that's his half brother his so. half brother blames him for the death of his mother. Okay, he blames. His brother for the his he blames his half brother. His half brother wants to attack the surface world or whatever. I mean, they have like actual things that they want to do. It's not just random characters showing up out of nowhere with like CGI characters showing up out of nowhere and and they're battling them. And we don't to, understand to me, what's Aquaman going on. Aquaman felt very similar to Justice League in that you know you had a little bit of character stuff off the top, and then it was just the second half was complete CGI mishmash to mm. where. Yeah. This CGI thing's fighting this CGI thing. Yeah. And it does it I, does get boring. That's for sure. I'm just talking about the characters, not not the not the plot so much. I think it does fall apart in the third act. Yeah. Th- to me it feels like but so does Wonder Woman fall apart in the third act. So yeah, they're having they have flaws some troubles. With Wonder Woman as well. And uh, it's the same flaw, right? It's the same flaw as Justice League, which is that you introduce a character who has nothing to do with the plot. They like the idea of what the story's about. So in Wonder Woman, the idea is that she has to learn that humans are both good and bad, but still worth protecting. Mm-hmm. But the third act takes that away and has her fight a actual god 
that has nothing to do with humanity at all. And so it's making people evil. And so huma- humanity is only evil because uh, there's a actual God amongst us that's, you know, it's like a really weird end of the movie thing, right? I'm going to give you my idea of what Wonder Woman is. Hey, Wonder Woman spoilers in this as well. Um, <laughs> I think it was basically Thor, which is uh, her, her, you know, Thor's dad is Odin. Her dad is Zeus, though she doesn't really know that mm-hmm. until a little bit later on. And she's got an arrogance. She comes to our world. And she's got a mission, and no one can talk her out of it, that she's going to kill this guy. She goes and she kills the guy, learns it's the wrong guy, mm-hmm. and now she's screwed. Because, like, everything that she believed yeah. is out the window. She thought she was on a righteous mission. She thought she she had, uh, you know, the good and everything behind her. Yeah. And it's like, nope. And so she's got to then find another motivation for uh, for, for yeah, dealing with but, all this. But she got think, humbled, yeah. and then she got built up again. But don't you think it spoils it then by just having, like, this random... CGI god show up and start fighting her? Like I think there's a problem with her killing the wrong guy and never really caring. I think that's my biggest yeah. problem with it is like you just straight out murdered this guy, which <laughs> we know. He's bad, but we, yeah. Well, we know he's bad yeah. because we watched him for the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. She didn't. Yeah. To her perspective, she just murdered a person for no reason. Yeah. And, uh, and now... What what's up with what's up? But yeah, mm-hmm. then she fights a CGI guy, and and the CGI guy could be the villain from Suicide Squad. Yeah, could be the villain. Could be the villain from, from Justice, Justice League. League could exactly. be the villain from any Justice League. Is the same. Could be the villain from Shazam. Yeah, they're all CGI, hot nonsense, flying yeah. around, lots of colors. Probably looks good in three D. Uh, and uh, who who cares? So you like know? Justice League as a movie would work a lot better if it was about the characters coming together and learning to work together. And at the end of the movie, doing something, or even not doing something, preparing to do something, and then the movie ends. Whereas in the actual film, what we get is is some character who comes out of nowhere. We don't know who this character is. Steppenwolf, I think his name is, or something. Yeah. Who is he? We don't know what he yeah. wants. Works we don't understand. For dark side. But we don't know that. I know. Mm. It is not really explained. Well, he works with the unless par- he- we know he works with the parademons that are showing up. And if you watched, you know, the last movie, which was Batman v Superman, yeah, d- 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 parademons are flying around and working for Darkseid. So there's did par- they mention Darkseid in the movie? I think they did, didn't they? I don't think they did. Oh, I think for crying out I think loud. you're just making assumptions based on your knowledge of okay, the well, backstories of all this that, stuff. They know that the parademons <laughs> work with them, so he's, he's working for something that's got parademons. Yeah, but we don't know that as the audience. We're just watching this and guy again, looking. In that movie, we know that because Batman had a dream, and in that dream, (laughs) the Flash showed up traveling through time, which he was really traveling through time, but traveled through time so hard that he ended up in Batman's dream. I don't even know. I don't even know. I don't even know. But uh, but Batman yeah. had a dream and decided now I have to murder Superman. Yeah. So everyone likes a good bit of murder mm-hmm. in this uh, in this DC world. They're not the greatest people. Anyway, this is unrelated to that. We're setting up what DC's doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, and then DC's also got their TV stuff. They've got mm-hmm. their Arrowverse stuff. They got a Green Arrow show. They got a Flash show. They got uh, they got Black Lightning. Uh, uh, they got a time travel thing with all the nice bisexual people uh, and uh, Supergirl as well. So they're doing well for, for TV mm-hmm. in a very different style than they are doing for the, for the yeah. movies. Well, they, you know, they have good characters. They do. You know, and I think they have some, some people, especially people who aren't comic book fans, I think they have people's favorite characters. Sure. You know, like the ones that people can most identify with like, or most identify. Shirts. They're yeah. on their shirts. They, un- they yeah. They just know who they are. They know who the Flash is. They know who Wonder Woman is. They, they know who know, Superman is. Nowadays, also, they're in very good video games as mm-hmm. well. There's uh, the Batman series of video games. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a fellow uh, workmate of mine who is a super big Batman fan. 
because of the animated Batman. My landlord is that, an enormous Batman fan. Yeah. And that's basically his... And, then, you know, he's very interested in seeing this film. Yeah. Who's his Batman? Like he, the animated one is... Yes, the, that's right. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, that's his Batman. You know, and that's what he... That's what he talks about when he talks about Batman. That's his experience it's of Batman. It's a very good Batman. It is a very good Paul, Batman. Paul Dini and Bruce Tim did a really great job putting mm-hmm. that together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Conroy is the voice. Mark Hamill is the voice of the Joker. Yeah. Great stuff. Yeah. They have a sense of humor, have a sense of risk. And, and you know, there's... A tribute to the old Fleischer Superman mm-hmm. uh, cartoons, which okay. are kind of the best Superman cartoons. They bore... this, is, this is a good example because this film definitely is a heavy borrower. Someone should be cut a check for the amount of stuff that's borrowed this. And in that case, they did a great Batman animated series by heavily borrowing from the old Fleischer Superman. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's let's move on from from this. And that's uh, the backstory on what where DC's at, which I yeah. think is a fair fair thing to bring up. Sure. And let's just go. How about our general feelings about Joker? Okay. So what? How did how did you feel about that? Well, you know, I wasn't. I didn't want to see the movie. To be honest with you, me either. Yeah. You made me go see it. Okay, you made me go see it. No, no, you made me go see it. I, okay, look. You said you have to see this movie, and I was like, oh, okay. I said you have to see this yeah. movie? You said you said we have to see this movie. We ha- Okay, okay, I said yeah, that, yeah. but I didn't say it as in, hey, Dave. No, no, no. We yeah. have to see this movie. Yeah. I said, Dave, <laughs> we have a podcast. We've, we've reviewed every other superhero movie. Okay. In fact, we reviewed Freaks last week. Yeah, yeah. We have to see this movie. We have to see this movie. Okay. Yeah, okay. And that's how I went to it with just that sort of feeling. Maybe that's the best way to see a movie. Like, Because uh, I actually thought that it was a really well-made film, really well done. I love the music in it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was well-directed. I thought Joaquin Phoenix did a stellar performance, like just a real showstopper. But when it's over, you go, well, why did they make this movie? Like, I don't quite understand, like, what, why this movie is there. But it's really well done, like. It's a really well put together film. Like they really, yeah. That that I would say generally that is my assessment of it as well. Is uh, what a what a technical mm-hmm. what a technical achievement. Yeah, with no heart to it at all. Okay, you know, I uh, we we can break it we can break it down as we as we go through. Like yeah. when I saw the reviews that were coming in, mm. it's a weird one because reviewers love film. Yes, and so if you know. I, I wasn't a big fan of uh, what was the Cameron Crowe movie about the critic for the Ro- Rolling Stone or the, the almost famous almost famous yeah that got the best reviews I've ever seen yeah I wasn't a big a, fan of that movie I didn't either. like that movie either yeah uh, also hey both these both those films have Mark Maron in them now that I'm thinking oh, about I it. I didn't realize yeah. Mark Maron was in almost famous right. I didn't That's know who he was the, at the time lock the gates and the and his uh, WTF thing comes from oh, him okay. being in that oh okay um but that film huh. was a film basically about critics yes and like a critic being accepted by the uh the the rock band the 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 art form that they love Mm -hmm. and so it was like well this is just this was written for critics they're gonna they're gonna go nuts for this and so they did and when i saw the reviews for this i was like oh well of course these people are are fans of scorsese they're fans of movies from this era yeah uh they're they're probably getting a little tired of the old marvel movies as you are (laughs) uh and and so like what a what a of course they're gonna love this this yeah. This is exactly for them. Mm. But what about the man on the street? What about the lady on the street? What about the non-binary person on the street? What do, what will they think of this? And so far, the ticket sales have been have been good. People have been going to it. Yeah. I don't know what next week will be like. But yeah, yeah I left it. Uh, I left it as well. Just going. You know, I felt it made me not angry for 
violence, uh, and not angry for cynicism. Yeah. It made me angry for being a hack movie. Like, I felt it was very hack. Oh, really? I didn't think that. No, I did. Okay. Because I thought, like, you've they borrowed so heavily and not with adding anything to it. Mm. Like they borrowed like uh, from Scorsese, obviously, and, and movies from the 70s. They, they went like, we're going to we're going to shoot it like that. We're going to mm-hmm. shoot it exactly like that. Yeah. And then when they did their twister ruse at the end, it was like, OK, well, now you're doing a, and I'm going to jump a little bit to some of the things we have the unreliable narrator. Uh, you know, which you, we can have like what's real, what's not. And you can, you can pull that off. That's fine. Yeah. But they did a direct Fight Club Six Sense thing where at the end, a character that you thought existed didn't exist. And they, and so. Who's that? Sorry. That was the, uh, the girl, the girlfriend, the one he was in love with. Well, he, she existed. Yeah, but she didn't exist. Uh, what, he was fantasizing yeah, that she yeah. was going to the club with him. Mm. She, he was fantasizing yeah, yeah. she was walking down the street. Yeah, so yeah. when he's talking to her, she's not there. Mm-hmm. A la Fight Club, a la. You know, well, six cents where you replay the the scenes and mm-hmm. go, oh, oh, I see. No one was there. Nothing was happening. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, so when they when they drop that bomb on you, yeah, you know, that's that's an okay bomb to drop of just like, oh, he was mentally ill and he was imagining mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. But then they show you all the scenes. And it's like, well, now you're holding my hand through this. <laughs> yeah, calling me a dum dum. I didn't really need that. Knock but... it, knock it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't for that. So, and then you know, you get to the end and it's like. Is it real? Is it not real? It just think, seems like a, like I understand that it's an artistic choice, but it's also a cheap choice. It's a it's a, it's, it's 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 like every student film. If you go to a student film festival, about half of them are going to end with someone committing suicide because that's that's the thing that student filmmakers go, yeah, and this will be the oh yeah, and we do get a scene like that in this, which is a possible. It's a possibility in this movie that he kills himself two thirds of the way through, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and then there's always a, or was it almost like a spinning question mark? Or the yeah, end. yeah. You know, choose your own ending. What did you think it was? <laughs> and that's a thing you do in like student films. And this was, okay, it's fine. But it felt like all the filmmaker tricks, mm. you know, and, and this is a person who I have not seen do uh, strong artistic choices before, but they're a good journeyman filmmaker who can yeah. deliver a joke. Yeah. Uh, and so I feel like they just reached into the big bag of, you know, here's all the things you do and assembled it. And I didn't really see anything original in it. I thought the performances were good. Yeah. But it was like, okay, you know, I've seen all these tricks before. You put them all together and okay, it's it's fine. You know, there's nothing. It seemed like there was nothing new except it was a clown doing it. Yeah. Okay, but but I'm but I'm open to you know what you what you think of of it. Well, I guess I I thought of thought more highly of it than you. Okay. Um, because I maybe because I like those sort of films. Like I like I'm sure. a big fan of Taxi Driver. I, yeah. Um, King of King Comedy. of Comedy is one of my favorite movies. It's it's, it's it almost and, seems like a yeah. parody of King of Comedy by the end. Well, I was I was listening to a review by uh, the British reviewer Mark Kermode, and he said that the Robert De Niro film uh, character in this movie is almost like a grown-up Rupert Pupkin from King of Comedy. It's if that's where he would have ended up, like, you know, since he didn't get arrested, since nothing seemed to happen to him be, what, for, for what he did to get onto television. Like, this is sort of the end product of that. It's a sort of character who's, you know, obviously, like, based on Joe Franklin, the, the famous New York um, talk show host to was on for years and years on, on, on yeah. TV in, in New York City. Someone who never left New York City in terms of like popularity or fame or anything. I only know Had about that him. office that was covered in files that was just very disturbing. Mm. You can see his office in the Arista, Aristocrats movie okay. and go, 
Oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I only knew about him because of Drew Friedman, the cartoonist, because yeah. they, he and his brother were fascinated by this guy because he's kind of like a, a low, you know, no, not I want to say no talent, but let's say low talent hack, okay. you know, kind of a character who kind of is on the fringes of show business, but isn't like a central part of, of anything. And that's kind of the character, Robert De Niro's character in the film as well, as a sort of someone who's sort of on the fringes. He's not, you know, he's not like, it's not a pride. I don't think of it as a nationally. He, you don't think he's a Johnny Carson in this? No, I don't think it's a nationally. I don't show. know. It felt like a real, like it was Johnny's. It was definitely Johnny's curtain. It was definitely yeah, it had that a, element a to Johnny it. style mm-hmm. intro to it, and it was kind of a, a Dr. Ruth Westheimer type. Here's actually sorry. Here's here's another thing they borrowed from uh, was it was of course Frank Miller's um, The Dark Knight Returns, okay, which has a scene where the Joker shows up on a Letterman type show, and I okay. believe there is a Ruth Westheimer type character that's okay. there, and then he ends up killing the the audience. So mm. it felt like there was a little nod. To that, the Joker being on a talk okay, show. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. I well, I do think there's elements of this movie that are obviously. Yeah. The, of course, fanish. There, uh, yeah. There's point, a there's pointers. a comic called The Killing Joke, which uh, has the Joker's um, origin story, which may or may not be true. He could be making it up, much yeah. like this. Yeah. He says in the comic that he prefers his origin to be multiple choice, but he's a stand-up comedian in that, yeah. which was the first time we've seen the Joker as a as a failed stand-up comedian. And then something tragic happens to him, and he goes he goes crazy. Uh, Todd, Todd Phillips has referenced Killing Joke as, as inspiration for this film. Very much so, yeah. And and uh, and Dark Knight as well. This for this for elements of it, and I, but I also like the I like the placement of the film as well, like in a in a New York City pre cleanup. So you have the garbage strike. You have the garbage strike. You have that feeling of of New York of that time. Uh, there's a ref. I also like there's kind of a clever thing they did where they had um, Thomas Wayne. And family come out of the theater, the movie theater. And of course, in Dark Knight, they see Zorro. Yeah. Traditionally, they've made the film Zorro over the years. That's yeah. the what I remember. But it, this one is, is time-specific, so it's Zorro the Gay Blade, which yeah. gives you – and also gives you Blowout as, a, as, as another film. So you have these two films that came out in 81, uh, you know, so they give you exact time for the film, but also – do it in a clever way that give you a movie that came out that year that is a Zorro movie that would be accurate to, to okay. that to that time. To what I felt, what I felt that was like. I get that that's time accurate. Yeah, but it felt like that just felt like because because what it felt like to me. Now, have you ever seen Zorro the Gay Blade? No, why would I? Okay, because it's a movie, and okay. you might, you know, I'm just, well, why would you do a podcast about movies? Maybe you like movies. I do like movies. Uh, are you familiar with the plot of it? No. Okay. So the plot is, it's uh, George Hamilton, yeah. uh, it's twins, and okay. one is uh, Zorro, and okay. one is his uh, flamboyantly gay uh, brother, okay. called uh, who calls himself Bunny Wigglesworth. Okay. And... He's as stereotypically flaming as as, sure. as you could go. Sure. So this is uh, this is a movie that's the camp version of Zorro. Yeah. And it felt like you know uh, Batman, who is also known for a camp version, is like, listen, we are so dark, we are so dark. Listen, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna swear because we can. Listen, motherfuckers. Yeah. This is uh, th- th- this bat f- fuck Batman. Yeah. Like this is he, he. You know, even when he was seeing Zorro and he was inspired. No, 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 no. He was seeing a flamingly gay version of Zorro. That's what he and his family were, were out seeing. So we're even taking that away from you. And so, and so there you go. <laughs> Maybe you, know, cause, you might you know because to hell with Adam West and to hell with uh, to hell with the campy Batman. This yeah. is this is a badass Batman. Enjoy. So so that just felt like. I get it. I get that it's time specific, yeah. but it was also a I little bit was, of a dig. I don't think it was like, a dig. I thought nah, it was kind of a witty, a, uh, a witty way to bring bring that into the movie, okay. and be accurate to the time period. You know, uh-huh. feels so. a weird movie to take your kid to. 
Zoro the gay blade. And blowout, by the way. I would rather take Both. my kid to blowout than the gay <laughs> well, blade. Yes. Blowout is sort of a nod to, to the great 70s films as well. This movie is obviously drawing from. I mean, you could... There's no reason to not have it be Zorro, Zorro, because, uh, you know, earlier on there's a, there's a film festival that's playing Charlie Chaplin. Mm. And so, you know, they do show old yeah. movies in this world. By the way, sure. here's, here's just... The Charlie Chaplin reference is more a reference to, to Joaquin Phoenix's performance. Right. Well, here's the thing about that. The, uh, maybe this is one of those situations where, hey, maybe Ian went to the bathroom at the wrong time and missed this. But, like, <laughs> they show a Charlie Chaplin movie. And what is it? Modern problem? No, it's not. Modern? It's it's um the – it's like – oh, it's a, like he's – he's in the movie, he's a uh, – like a security guard in a department right. store. Okay. So, I can't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. Right. And it's got the great scene where he's on roller skates and he's almost going uh, to the edge and falling yeah. falling off it. You it's, know what's interesting? That's a matte painting. It's great. Yeah. You check online and see how they do that. It's yeah. really worth your while. Yeah. But the weird thing to me was he's definitely doing Chaplin through through this, mm-hmm. uh, more so than Robert Downey Jr. Uh, in the movie Chaplin. <laughs> and then he played <laughs> Iron Man. This is the old things of tying together. But like he's always being chased by cops. And, you know, at the end, he's being chased by a couple of uh, security guards. And it felt like, well, if you're going to show a, a, a chaplain thing, show him being chased by cops. Because, and then you see like, oh, and he's now living the comedy of he's being chased by cops. And there's the, the, the light and then here's the dark angle on it. Here's the mm-hmm. twist. It felt like that's, that's what you're going to show if you're showing him as a tribute to Chaplin. But they, but they don't. They show him roller skating around. And it felt like that's, that seems like a missed opportunity to me to do your parallels mm-hmm. there. There's a lot of like missed little parallels that are here. Uh, it's like just, a, just an odd choice. And he really does enjoy when he's watching Chaplin. It's a very sweet moment yeah. in the middle of a yeah. dark, uh, dark movie. Yeah, I'm not too sure why they chose that sequence from from that film. Maybe I don't think there is. To be honest with you, I do not think there's much in the way of Chaplin being chased by police. Though well, I just remember movies. him always like being harassed by a cop and then kicking a cop in the butt. There is that sort of thing, but I don't know if that's like kind of. It, I don't think it's dynamic enough for like. A, but that a is what like he's that. doing. He's 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 the underdog, mm. you know, who authority is coming after. Yeah. And you know, if you're going to parallel him wow. with like like when he goes like he's my not, life is a comedy. He's not really an underdog. He's more of a murderer. But okay. No, but he is an underdog for sure. Like no no like he's poor yeah. in this in okay. the city. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, he's he's always like all, just a second away from being destroyed mm-hmm. by by those around him. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's he's never got it over until like near the end. And, uh, and 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 an imaginary you know, world. Maybe it is, and maybe it's not. Who knows? Mm. Who knows where it where it goes? Um, there's let me there's ask. clues in some of the scenes. I think to to help you kind of parse out when things are real and when they're not. But yeah. Oh really? Okay, because I'd like to know about that. But here's a, here's a question I have for you. So um, in the past, it, we've had the Joker's because the Joker used to not be named. That would have no name in the comics. Mm-hmm. And the and the first time I think I remember like hearing his name was in the Tim Burton. Uh, movie where it was Jack Napier, okay, which is Jack and Ape, which you know, yeah, you yeah. get that, yeah. So here he's Ar- Arthur Fleck. Kay. Did you get anything from the, from that name because it's an odd name? No. Okay, so I was wondering about that, and then I was like, okay, there's it's probably a pun or something in this. Then I went, okay, A Fleck, Affleck, he's Affleck, his oh. name is Affleck, his <laughs> name is the same name as Batman's, the guy who's playing Batman, <laughs> okay, and his mom's name is Penny. And it's like, okay, is there anything anything to do with that? And the only thing I could think with that was that, you know, the, uh, Pennyworth is, you know, is, is the butler. But I can't think of anything past that point. But it feels like such a – it's like a weird name of 
Arthur Fleck. Like to 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 name someone that well, feels a, like you're a trying fleck to go... is a thing, right? Like a fleck is like a bit of spittle that comes out of your mouth yeah. when someone's talking. So I think a it's fleck and nothing. Yeah. It's nothing. So he's just yeah, he's Arthur Nothing basically is his name, which is you know like calling you know Captain Nemo like Captain No One, you know like just there, there's a sense of of uh, the like I don't I I think. I'm not sure how clever they're trying to be in, in some of in some of those elements. You might be you might be making your own uh, maybe, but you're welcome to do so because this movie really does leave itself open ended in lots of ways. There's things like you know he uh, okay. I'll just throw a couple of things out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's got a he's got um, a, a bit of a disease where he uh, he laughs uncontrollably. An actual disease. Oh, what is what is that called? I can't remember the name of it, but it is an actual uh, okay. And so, actual f- physical or like uh, it's more like um, a nerve, like a nerve. What do we call it? Like a, a neurological disorder. Okay. Yeah. And he hands out cards to people to explain it, mm-hmm. and that to me, I just felt like it was a bit of a tribute to what the Joker does later, which is the Joker hands out a, a uh, card, yeah, yeah. you know, when he's when sure. he's done something. Sure. So I thought that was a little bit of an a That's little bit of odd. Later in the this, movie, these are things I don't know about, but about the character. Well, you know them from seeing Batman movies. You know that. Uh, no. Batman Beyond, or not Beyond, B- Batman Begins ends with uh, Commissioner Gordon going, there's been some murders, and it's uh, and he, he gives uh, Batman a playing card. Just goes, he leaves these on the scene. Oh, I didn't, the even, Joker. I didn't know that's what that's that the end. That's how that movie oh. ends. And then, yeah, there's that in uh, Dark Knight. Oh, wow. I didn't remember that. So, uh, just so people know, I very rarely see movies more than once, just because I... Gets, I get really bored. <laughs> so, <Fair enough. laughs> I don't know. I did something, but some, there's some movies that I can watch over and over again. But and this movie, I think, would be interesting to watch again, just to try to pick up. It's kind of like watching um, Videodrome, the David Cronenberg film. Okay. When you watch it again, you know you can see exactly when the when the who, the, the the dream starts in the film. Like you go, ah, oh, this is where it begins. So now this the rest of the movies is all some sort of weird hallucination. I get it. And I think you could watch this movie and you could pick up some of the clues. One I yeah, one I think? picked up just watching it was there's a scene where everyone has newspapers and all the newspapers say kill the rich. And I feel like that is a pointer to a fantasy sequence because it seems very unlikely to me that there'd be any newspapers that would put kill the rich as a headline on the paper. And so I feel like it's more just sort of um like kind of his own sort of fantasy world building where mm-hmm. the, everyone's for him, you know, like so everyone's kill the rich this is obviously what we need to do you did the right thing you know you are a hero you know so that that was to me like a pointer to to when he's in a fantasy world you know and obviously the end of the film when he's the smash into the police car and that he's rescued and you know and it's in a christ pose over top of all these people cheering and these writers and stuff like that once again obviously a, a fantasy sequence really because you know, okay. it cuts right away to him being in an asylum so mm-hmm. you know it's a pretty a pretty interesting cut and then it, it, that almost seemed like a a parallel to Heath Ledger in uh, The Dark Knight, where mm. he's driving down and really enjoying the city. Yeah, and you know, of course, in, in that movie, a lot of cars smash into each other, and that's how people <laughs> escape. Like at yeah. that at that point, it felt like we're going full Joker, we're going full cartoon. Sure, sure. This is th- but now yeah, but it's full now cartoon. Reached, now we've reached where we're going. Yeah. Like he's he got invited on a talk show. Mm-hmm. He's now famous. Uh, we're full cartoon. People are wor- worshiping him now, and yeah. he's leading. He's leading Gotham City. Yeah. Or it's just full on fantasy because it really is like the climax of a of a of a of a fantasy, you know. So it cuts right away to him staring at this woman in in the asylum, mm-hmm. you know. So you get this sense of you know him 
Because there's a couple of sequences where he's doing something and then you realize that it's a fantasy sequence that you're watching that's not not reality. Like, so, the, for instance, when he's watching te- television with his mom, mm-hmm. there's really no c- clue to why he's suddenly in the audience watching the show, right. being called that's up on stage and stuff of like, like that. Yeah, what he, what he wants to see played out. That's, that's true. right. That's right. So the movie kind of doesn't give you like a lot of help figuring out those sequences. And it gets more jumbled as the movie moves on. Mm-hmm. Um, well, something I just to kind of go back, like, like I know you think Todd Phillips. I mean, he, I think he, you're right. I think Todd Phillips is a journeyman director. I don't think he's someone that we would look to as like a a visionary filmmaker to, to me, or his a stylist films work because he casts well. I and think you're right. He introduced you to Will Ferrell. Mm-hmm. He introduced you to Zach Galifianakis. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Bradley Cooper playing a comedic character. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. please enjoy these actors. I'm going to let them do their thing. <laughs> Bradley Cooper is one of the producers of this movie as well. Right, and. So I, but I think I I think that a he's clown a clown is born. I think he's a good. I think he's a good actor's director though, and I think that's part of sure. part of it. Isn't just that he hires good actors, but also that he coaxes good performances out of actors in movies. Yeah, you know? definitely. I mean, this he done a good job hiring. You know, uh, Joaquin Phoenix for mm-hmm. this for sure. Yeah, and something he did with this movie was, and I really love the musical score for this film. Like I thought it was just absolutely fantastically great. Mm-hmm. And one thing I thought was interesting that is he had uh, Hildur Gottsman daughter. Uh, she wrote the the music for it um, based on the script. She didn't have any visuals when she wrote it, and so he had the music on set to play while the actors were were working, so they could. So there's like the sequence where um, the sequence where Joaquin Phoenix is looking in the mirror and f- making himself pulling his cheeks back in this really grotesque way to make a smile. Yeah. When they were doing that sequence, he had the music playing, so Joaquin Phoenix could act to the music would be playing through the sequence, and then. Yeah, just through happenstance, he he cried and he had that tear come down, and it was just like not planned. It wasn't in the script or anything. It just happened. It was like, oh, that's the take. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So yeah, I think he has. He knows how to like coax performances and stuff. And I know that you were making fun of of Joaquin Phoenix for losing weight. Not making fun of it. I just think it's unnecessary. Yeah, to a degree, I I agree with I you. I don't make fun of I don't make fun of Christian Bale for doing that in the mechanic or again or Robert in, De Niro uh, Robert De Niro Vice, gaining yeah. gaining weight for Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. You know, you can you can do that if you want. I just think as yeah. an actor, it's not a necessary. Choice. It's not totally necessary. I, and but, I worry about but, actors feeling the need to risk their health yeah. for uh, this kind of thing. Sure. Like I would not have liked. Sure. Like they said that he couldn't uh, do a lot of reshoots, and they had to like only have him for a certain amount of time because it wasn't healthy for him to be this weight for yeah. too long. Yeah. And to me, as someone who, when it comes down to it, I know it's art, but it's also entertainment. I don't want anyone risking their life, yeah. you know, uh, beyond what's necessary. I guess stunts always will. Yeah. But like for for me to watch a Joker movie, it's like, don't, don't, don't risk your life for it. I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm fine with sure. you being a little bit heavier. Yeah, he lost 52 pounds, yeah, apparently. That's not, a lot of weight to, to drop. doesn't feel necessary to me. But, but though he is a pretty big guy. Like when, if you see him in... Uh, you were, you were never really here. I think it's called the one with the. Do you know that movie? Yeah, that was the one where he was in character for a year. Oh, really? Yeah, he was like grew the beard, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He grew. He went on talk shows, kind of, and was nuts oh, on talk oh, shows. Oh uh, no, for... that's not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, this is the one where he plays um, an ex, an ex, like a veteran, an ex soldier who is hired to basically like kidnap children back from oh okay uh have you seen the movie i, I think it's by lynn that, ramsey no. but i could be wrong who directed like um rat catcher and we, uh if it whatever it's the, we have to talk about kevin or whatever it's called okay um yeah, do you know her to movies? Talk about we kevin. need to talk about kevin yeah um it, so that movie he's very big like this big hulking okay. guy in that film so he put on weight for that sure. movie uh but he's 
I was watching an interview with him because I was curious uh, about some of his thoughts on doing this movie. And he said that the reason he, he could have gone both ways. The reason he lost weight was because that's a side effect of the pills that the character is, ta- uh, play- that is taking in the film. Okay. So one of the side effects of taking those sort of antidepressants and, and, and things is, is extreme weight loss or extreme weight gain. It can go both ways, taking antidepressants. And he, he, uh, he joked that he, uh, he was opted for the weight gain, but the, the, he realized it wouldn't work for the character, so he had to go in the other direction. Could have been the penguin. But anyway, go ahead. It could have been the penguin. But I have to say, and I, I, you know, I can, I, obviously I think, you're, I think you're right. I think it is silly and dangerous for actors to change themselves for no particularly good reason because, you know, you can act in a way that seems seems convincing that you are hungry, that you're sick or whatever. Um, but I have to say that, like, in the film, like, the scenes of him, like, with his back turned and he's, like, trying to work on his shoes. Yeah. And just the grotesqueness of his... Because yeah. he has a rather large frame, like, a large chest um, with Joaquin Phoenix. So he's got a large frame. And then these little tiny arms coming out of it and he's, like, hunched over and then there's a bruise on his back from, from the being beaten kicking, up. Yeah. yeah. And he's, like, working away in it and it's really kind of disturbing. And, of course, the music's playing as well. So it has this kind of, you know, like, m- monotonous tone music playing and he's like and so it really kind of creates this really grotesque feeling which i don't think you'd get the same with a with a normal joaquin phoenix you know with joaquin johnny cash phoenix let's say or whatever like i don't so i think you know in terms of like was it worth it i think it was in terms of the performance i can see how it would help actors like to do that kind of thing they like to have to learn an instrument they like to have to lose weight they like Mm -hmm. to have to learn martial arts yeah they like to have to do all the things i think it focuses you into the character you know and it kind of gives you like this extra doorway into it and the other thing that was interesting was that todd phillips said that um, joaquin phoenix is not a method actor like he says he doesn't stay in character well, during the film. Okay, well, not in the film, no. But, but yeah, he, he but, was in character for like a year, like on different talk shows, and pretended to be this person in real life for for the movie that he did. So yeah, that he, was he is a method actor. That was like a project, though. Like yeah. he, Phillips was saying, like that he'll he'll be joking and fooling around on the set. Okay, that's good. And then you know, then you start acting, and yeah. then it's different. Then you go into that's character. probably a little bit, might be a little bit of a dig towards uh, Jared because who, who wasn't, who mm-hmm. was like completely. Yeah, crazy character being yeah. mean to people. Mm. Uh, you know, yeah, which mailing is, them, which garbage. is silly. Like, this is silly. You don't need to do that, right? I mean, honestly, well, you know, you can just act. I, you can just act. I don't. Yeah, I don't I think know, what, I don't know between... what's silly and what's not. Like to me, it's like that seems dumb to me yeah. to to be like mailing people horrible things yes. and being a jerk on set. Yeah, but like, is it? Between that and like risking your life losing fifty three pounds or whatever it is, yeah. you know, I don't know what's worse. You yeah. know, I mean, at least at the end of it, you're alive. And where you did can you take read about how dangerous it was? Was it a, was it an article about it? What? Like, I just think it's dangerous to lose that amount of weight. You know? Oh no, you're saying because they're talking like they had to limit the amount of takes. And stuff oh like yes, that. no, that was a thing I saw that I see every time I go to the movies because they have a little ad for the movie and they go, oh. like, it's just a bit of trivia. It's like it only do it for this amount of time, mm. and they couldn't do any reshoots like later because you know he could only he put the weight back on. Yeah, he, well, yeah. no, it wasn't. He could put the weight back on. It was only safe for him to have had this weight off for this amount of oh, time. Okay, okay. So yeah, you couldn't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he couldn't maintain that level of, you know, weight loss mm-hmm. for an extended period of time. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, they also spent time uh, researching ways to make it a safe loss of weight, not just. Oh, well, an extreme... I would certainly hope so, or the yeah. insurance companies wouldn't have uh, gone, <laughs> gone with it, and they limited the amount of time. On a bigger scale, here's here's the thing. Um, the Dark Knight was a was a was a very dark movie, 
And uh, the title tells you that yeah. because dark is in the title. <laughs> um, and you had similar things. Like in this movie, he plunges scissors into a guy's eye. Mm. In The Dark Knight, uh, Heath Ledger plunges a pencil. Yeah. It's it's a good time if you're an office supply salesman because the Joker's <laughs> going to be shoving stuff uh-huh. into people's eyes. Right. So that felt sure. like, okay, well, I've sort of seen this. Now we're up in the scales of scissors. Great. Okay. Next time it's going to be a yardstick. Whatever. Um but in the Dark Knight, All right. you had a very dark character. Okay. Okay. But in the end, the Joker was wrong. The Joker believed that he was an agent of chaos. Yeah. Uh, he th- he thought you know the city was broken. He thought the world was broken, and he thought that uh, the big the big twist. Uh, sorry, spoilers for the Dark Knight. <laughs> is like he feels that people will always look out for their own self interest. Uh, yeah. In the end, and sure. he's proven wrong because there's two two ships. Who have the option to blow the other ship up to save their own lives? Yeah, and there's even there's even hardened criminals on one ship, and just regular citizens and whatever. Yeah. And then after a bunch of debating, they all decide they can't, and they're gonna they're gonna sacrifice their own lives rather than kill the other people. And so the Joker finds out, you know, there's a fight between Batman and the Joker, but the real fight is where the the Joker finds out, no, you were wrong. People aren't bad yeah you know they will they are better than you expected your philosophy on the world is incorrect Mm -hmm. and uh and that's where that's where that kind of wraps up sure in this movie yeah uh the joker is right is like it's like there everyone is a piece of shit yeah with the exception of uh, the little person who is his friend who he lets who he lets live but aside from that person that was jerry maybe it's jerry Aside from that person, yeah, there is no one else. And and Zazie Beetz character, the who the mum, who the, like, the 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 woman who lives down the hallway. From why her. is she a good person? Well, she's we know nothing about her. We know nothing about her, but she is she is a one person that does not like actively avoid him in a situation. She she engages him in the well, but no one does anything good. Okay. Like she 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 complains about her day to him. Yeah, that's it. That's what she does. Okay, that's all she does. So we don't know if she's good. We don't know if she's bad. We don't know no. what she is. There is not one person. She, talk, she talks to him in a, in a in a human way. Which she is... compl- she complains to him about her day. Sure, that's right. That's, that's what people do to each other. People talk talk about their days to each other. That's that's right. That's the one thing she does is she complains yeah, yeah. to him about her day. Okay, that's it. Okay, that's is it, it. wait, is it bad that she complained about her day, or is it's it bad that bad, she talked to him? But like, if someone goes, "What a shitty day," huh? Yeah. Uh, well, you don't go like, "Well, that's a good person." Like, there's no one in this entire oh. no, there's no one in this entire movie at all. Yeah. Who's a good person? No one. Well, at okay. all. So, like, okay. the Joker. If the if you go with that, this is in any way the reality that is real. The Joker is correct. The world is shit. Everything is shit. Yeah. And and rebelling against it and killing and doing all that, that's fine. Because there's there's not a person around yeah. that is in any way of of value. The best mm. person that you can think of in this movie yeah. was someone who just went, Ugh, what a day. Yeah. That was it. That was the best thing a person did in this entire movie. It's slightly more than that, but okay. What what did she do? And then she like put her put a little gun to her head and like yeah, she, she did like just a light joking thing with him. Sure, that's the best person. I know, but that's the only person that actually engages with him as a human. Everyone else treats him like garbage. Everyone else talks to him yeah. like he's garbage. Everyone else mm-hmm. beats him up, throws him around, kicks him, kicks right, him out, right. ignores so, him, okay. avoids him. That's fine. She, she that's great. That's the one the person. Uh, but, yeah. All right, then let's go with the idea that there's one person yeah. who's like not complete shit sure and that person is like c plus at best <laughs> okay. at best whatever we don't but know okay. what they're like sure you know she could she could 
be a, be a shitty person as well. We have no idea. We just know her from like one line of dialogue. Sure. So she goes. So she goes off. So he. It, it, that's the that's the big problem I have with this is there's not any it's so lazy in that there's not even a moment where you just go oh hope and now despair we never we never it's okay. always it's yeah. just it's just dark darker 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 <laughs> yes. still dark darkest dark 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 yeah. and black yeah. oh and now the twisteroo maybe it didn't happen okay well, you need for the, for, the for twist, there to be the any... twisteroo comes before the end of the movie too. F- by the that's way, that's fine. But... That's fine that the twisteroo happens, but it because there's no hope yeah. and there's no light, then it all just seems like bullshit to me. It's just like you know, in 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 the worst circumstances, yeah. there's someone who's trying, like someone on a street corner who's like trying to help someone else out, like any anything, mm. and they and they just go with the whole for the whole movie. It's it's all shit. So it could be from his perspective where he I goes, think, I only have dark thoughts. I think you thoughts. have an unreliable narrator for sure. That's fine. Or unreliable character that you but are seeing But unfortunately, this is the movie through. I'm watching. Yeah. So all I'm watching is it's all shit. Yeah. And then it ends shit. And then people go, you know what? That's a really good movie. And it's like, to me, that's not a good movie. Like, I need some kind of contrast sure. at all. But not everyone needs that kind of contrast yeah. in a No, film. you need contrast in a movie to like define character you need you need your character to have someone to bounce against because everyone that he sees wants to beat him up or chase him or hurt him yeah you know everybody everybody like from you know the 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 street kids beat him up Mm -hmm. the people in the in the in the subway who are like the wealthy young guys beat him up yeah even thomas fucking wayne who you know in most other incarnations is a doctor yeah uh you know punches him in the face everybody if that happened in a movie if it happened if, you know but every i mean it happened in the movie but if it happened in reality is a different question okay well there is no reality it's all just bleh. uh <laughs> you know but like everyone's everyone's violent towards him everyone's horrible mm-hmm. everything's horrible yeah and so who gives a shit like if, the, if you don't give me any semblance of hope yeah then then what the fuck is that yeah. nothing I, i'm not i'm not going to disagree with you like, and that, i said i said at the beginning of the show why 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 was like the dark knight was but, so dark like yeah. the joker was it's a different movie but yeah it's a very different movie but that was the darkest that's take a, on the that's joker a so far that's a superhero movie is it so. though like the joker like, isn't really a superhero i know the joker's not a superhero but batman's a superhero so you have like a that's your character of that's your hopeful character that's your character who brings brings goodness to this horrible scenario and then you have you know who trusts people to be good who attempts to stop what's happening you know you have so you have this act of protagonist who's attempting yeah. to stop evil the villain the villain that's not what that's not what Joker's the villain about. in the best kind of superhero movies yeah. or any kind of movies really uh takes the hero's philosophy questions it pushes yeah. the hero as far as they'll go yeah and then for a while you go maybe the villain's right like the best ones are like maybe the villain's got a point yeah maybe things are you know awful and you're right like mm-hmm. something like the spider-man and the vulture as silly as that is uh you know it's a guy who's you know working class guy who the government or like tony stark is like screwing over and taking away work from him and his his guys they're hard-working guys he's trying to like make a living and you're like maybe the joke maybe the vulture's got a point mm. you know and then of course it goes too far and it pushes the limit and you see why he's wrong it's like okay no you're right that is wrong <laughs> but the joker makes a pretty good argument for a little while in in the dark night and like you know this city is all messed up and it, well the cops cops were corrupt and you know no maybe he's oh no no okay he's wrong uh people are inherently can can do good and band together great we need someone in this movie to be questioning what the Joker believes or mm. what what the Fleck believes, yeah. you need some kind of 
against thing. And yet everyone isn't agrees that, with him through the whole thing. Isn't that you as the viewer? No. Can't you be questioning what No, because I'm going along with him. He's my protagonist and I'm going along with him and I'm supposed yeah. to be empathizing with him. And so I feel like, you know. Yeah, it's, a, it's a danger in a movie. It's like Clockwork Orange where you, where you find yourself, you know, rooting for Alex when you shouldn't be rooting for Alex because Alex is a rapist and a murderer. Right. You know, but because he's the protagonist who's telling you the story, you become sympathetic to that character. But there's times in A Clockwork Orange, that's a good example. There's times in A Clockwork Orange where... You know, you are the voyeur watching the horrific act. Mm -hmm. But then when he gets cured or what have you, there's a bit of you that goes, oh, well, this is probably for the best. This probably is for the best. You're not going like, I wish that rapist would be able to go out and do some more raping. You don't. You go like, okay, yeah, this is fair. He shouldn't. He so at the end of the movie, when they, the movie when, they, when, they, when they fix him and well, he that's can the thing. again? Then you get a twist at the end where yeah. you're like, oh, I shouldn't feel this way. And yet I do. Yeah. If you did that with this movie, where there, you know, you you go a certain way and then have a twist, then yeah, maybe, but you don't. It's just one consistent note. You just keep going deeper and deeper on the piano, dong. Now yeah. a little deeper, dong. Now even more, boom. And yeah. now maybe it wasn't a piano the whole time. It was mm-hmm. just a guy going dong, yeah. or just imagining that it was dong. <laughs> and, and to me, that feels cheap and 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 dull. You know, because because there's no variety at all. It's just going deeper and deeper and deeper into a hole, which you can go. It's an artistic choice. I can say that's what I would say to you. It's someone's artistic choice. So you can disagree with it, but I don't think it's invalid. It's not that it's invalid. It's just dull. I mean, there's lots it's of... It's boring to see the same thing happen over and over and over and over again. And then by the time you get to the end of the movie, they cheap out to me and they go like, now we're going to make a Batman's origin story. Mm. And we're going to have all these Batman things and like have all this fan... Uh, you know, fan nods. You know, it's like, ugh, oh, he's coming out of Zorro. I probably, I he's probably going down the alley. <laughs> I, oh, I missed, for I didn't, fuck's sake. I didn't really like that very much. That okay, was a part of the film that go. I... Yeah, I thought that was not necessary, that they could have just left that out. And I would have been perfectly that happy. That felt cynical in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it felt, yeah, movie corporation cynical. <laughs> That's what it felt like. The um, the Killing Joke was one of the first, like Dark Knight was the, kind of the one of the first comics to take things to uh, you know whatever adult version yeah. of and did Joker. a very good it did a very good job overall. Yes, it did, and it was a nice surprise, and it was refreshing, mm-hmm. and it was a good contrast to what yeah. had come before. Then a little bit after that, Alan Moore and Brian Belland did the Killing Joke, which is awful. Which at the time I said it was awful. Technically, I was right. Okay, technically I think it's it's well done as well, but it's I think it's, a bit it's stiff. It's wrong headed, okay. but again, like this movie, it goes with the idea of the Joker going. Everyone would be like me if you had a really bad day and were pushed to the limit. Okay. So what he does in that in that book, spoilers yeah. for the Killing Joke, is to uh, he thinks uh, Commissioner Gordon is yeah. a good man. He um, he shoots his daughter through the spine. His daughter is Batgirl, yeah. Uh, but it doesn't matter that she's Batgirl because she's just an object in this. Quite frankly, she's just there to motivate the, you know, uh, Commissioner Gordon. Okay, and uh, and then he uh, strips him down, puts him in bondage clothing, takes him to uh, a fair, shows him the pictures of his daughter in pain and naked and and all this, and is like trying to drive him crazy, and he fails. And Commissioner Gordon, when Batman shows up, you know, says to him, uh, "Bring him in by the book." Bring him in by the book because yeah. he believes in the things he believes, and the sure. Joker once again fails. Yeah, uh, because his philosophy was wrong, which I think is the right way to do that kind of story. But 
uh, that was the start of uh, something that Gail Simone, who's a friend of mine um, and, a, and a really good writer, uh, called Women in Refrigerators. And why she called this thing Women in Refrigerators is there was a thing that was happening in comics where the villain would kill the hero's girlfriend or wife or mother or some woman. What's in the box? What's that, in the box? Exactly. And uh, there was a Green uh, Lantern story where his girlfriend was in a refrigerator, and that's why they call it Women in Refrigerators. Okay. So, yeah, I was wondering if there was a little bit of a nod to that in there where uh, when Arthur Fleck has had enough, he seals himself into a refrigerator. Yeah. And we're like, oh, he just fridged himself. <laughs> and you never see him get out. Yeah. And that was, the, that was one of the points where I just went, oh, everything after this is made, made up because oh. he killed himself okay. at, the, at that point. You don't get out of those fridges. Mm. We all know that from being kids and like, don't lock yourself <laughs> in a fridge, especially yeah. an old timey fridge like that. Sure. The, you know that era yeah i i don't know if that's the case but yes yes he does put himself into a fridge which is definitely now, as if he's burning alive now here's a here's a weird point and it's a tough one to actually bring up um because at the end you see him speak uh, there's only i think like four women speak in this movie okay uh i don't think i don't think martha wayne ever speaks aside from maybe screaming at the end i think we see her in the one scene where she's walking down the hall okay but Every woman in the movie is an African-American woman. Hmm. And then at the, at the end, he's talking to an African-American woman. Who, you know, telling, everyone who's not his mother is an African-American woman. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Everyone who's not his mother is an African-American woman. Yeah. And it felt like, are they saying, if you're going with the idea that this is all just a made-up story, he's seeing her and he's kind of altering her through the whole story, like the woman in the bus. You know the woman he falls in love with. Uh, you know uh, the woman in the the woman at the end of the movie, the woman in the asylum. Yeah, yeah. yeah his, I his, think that's his, possible. His, yeah. his counselor, mm-hmm. uh, and then like finally gets to her at the end, and it's like, oh, is this this is is this all the same woman in his? It could mind? be. Yeah, it could be. And you know, if this was all if this was all white women in a movie, you wouldn't even think about it. Mm. And it feels like a weird thing to even bring up. But it's yeah. like. No, every woman who's got a speaking role in this, who isn't not his mother, is an African American woman, which yeah. is an interesting choice. And it feels like a choice. And there's a sequence when he's talking into the first social worker, the f- first woman, and she is, she's talking to him, and he starts to say, "You don't listen to me." And he's talking to her, and she doesn't regard him at all. Yeah. And that made me think, oh, this is this is not real. This is a this is like a fantasy, or something's going something's wrong. Yeah. Here. His whole thing. One, one thing he does bring up. Uh, is that he was wondering if he was real through yeah, this whole thing. that's right, that's right. And quite frankly, he's not. He's a fictional character. <laughs> he's, he's, he's incorrect. Yes. You know, he's correct that he's, uh, that he, yeah. he's, not, that he's not real. Mm. And also, you, but when you get to the end, uh, and he's talking to that counselor, yes. it's a very different asylum than the asylum that he goes to see, get his mother's records from. Yes. When he, he does go to Arkham Asylum, but it doesn't look like he ends up at Arkham Asylum. He's in a very different place. That is not the same building at all. They have a terrible area for the records. They just keep it's just an absolute shambles. That part of it. that's the old part of the building, and they haven't fixed it up yet. Very nice. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it felt like if you want to go with the idea that it's not all real. Yeah. 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 The, the, yeah there are inconsistencies, and I think that's why it would be interesting to 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 rewatch it. It's just to watch it for the inconsistencies of the storyteller, the person who who you are watching, because you are watching what's happening through him. He is. I think he's in every scene, right? He, there cannot be a scene that exists without him in it. Yeah, I think he's through the whole thing. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I think, uh, you know, this movie is outside of like, the, the you know, the, the superhero stuff. This movie is also about mental illness, about the lack of availability for treatment of mental illness. Sure. 
about poverty. He's got the you know, great line that's in there about thing about being mentally ill is everyone expects you to act like you're not. Yeah, which is great. That's, that's a great. That's line. like a great. That's a great line that I don't necessarily know if it belongs in this movie because it doesn't feel like the kind of thing. Like if he was saying more shit like that. Mm. Uh, cool. But that's the only one of those things that he like drops in this. Yeah, that's like, yeah. Fuck, that's really good. More, go, go, <laughs> keep going with that. Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I don't know. I just like he's. That's not to, what the move. That's the movie is like. If a that's slow, not what the movie is, then why put that in there? Like the movie is now about that. I mean, it's, he has. It's, I mean, the movie. Mentioned. The movie. It is part of the movie. I mean, talking about the fact that people with with you know obviously someone with men, a, a real mental illness yeah. is not being helped. You know, that's a part of the film. And so that's kind of references that in a way, just the fact that what he's dealing with is the fact that he is not normal and can't be normal, but doesn't know how to it doesn't know how to be normal. Right. There's a sequence, and I don't know if it's real or or if it's not real, where he's in the comedy club and he's laughing at the jokes, but he's not laughing at the jokes. He's laughing behind the people who are laughing at the jokes. So they're laughing, and then because he is, you know, because he doesn't understand communication very well, he doesn't yeah. understand how people interact. He is laughing late because he's yeah, he's, he's got three laughs. Yeah, the first the first laugh is the uncontrollable laugh that's that's almost like crying. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The second laugh is him trying to fit in mm-hmm. and adjust. Yeah, and the third laugh is the final thing in the movie where he's legitimately laughing, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you just hear that over over darkness and like now he has learned how to laugh. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And you can yeah. take that as now he's free. Now he's whatever he is. Yeah. Now he's he's let himself. Thing. And the other thing about the film is that throughout the whole movie he's. He's ugly. He's this ugly person. He is gaunt. He is, you know, his, his face is sallow. You know, his hair is greasy and hanging down and stuff like that. But when he transforms himself at the end of the film into Joker, when he goes on to the talk show, yeah, he's beautiful. He's wearing that face makeup. Yeah. He's standing upright. He is presenting himself in this really glamorous way. Yeah, and he's just. He looks great, you know, which, of course, is also he fantasy. Kiss, he kisses the Ruth Westheimer. He <laughs> Dr. Ruth. Is it Westheimer? Is that what's her name? Westheimer? Uh, the real one. Dr. Ruth. Yeah. I always, I guess because I only knew her as Dr. Ruth, I never knew. Th- I didn't know she had a last name. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Ruth, Ruth was her last yeah. name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Dr. Betty Ruth. She is a fascinating woman who is still alive. Wow. Yeah. So Holocaust survivor. Wow. Yeah. That was just part of her really? motivation for all the things she's done. She is really an interesting woman. <laughs> yeah. She's a tough bird. I would imagine yeah. so. Come out of that. Um, yeah, so it's an interesting transformation as well there, I think. Uh, yeah, Joaquin Phoenix is a really, I mean, he's an actor that I have a lot of time for. You know, I think he's very good in, in the, most of the movies I've seen him in. I haven't seen him in every movie but that he's ever done. But I think that, you know, when movies I've seen him act in, I always think, wow, what a great actor this guy is. Like, he just really makes the movie, you know, he just lives in the film you know do you think going with a bigger question here one i think one of my big problems philosophically is that the joker's correct (laughs) in this in this movie which Mm. is which is a way you can go Uh, which is a way you can go but i feel like when you make someone who is you know uh famously a villain correct and like well then the hero is is going to be wrong like batman if batman gets created into this universe Mm -hmm. Batman will be incorrect because he'll be fighting for well, the rich. Batman, but Batman is the argument against him being right, though, isn't he? Like, if your argument is that no one acts for the good, for the public good, at, and self and and sacrifices themselves for the good of people, mm-hmm. then Batman is like the ultimate, uh, you know, answer the, to that. Here's the problem, though. This, if uh, this is the this is the bigger problem, is he? If this, this guy is Joker, 
okay. the Joker. Okay, but it, let's go with the idea that he is the Joker that we know, and this is the origin story of the Joker that will fight Batman. Okay. First of all, we're going into the old tradition now that seems pretty common, which is the Joker is much older than Batman. Yeah, he sure is. Like, not only, like, it used to be well. Batman beating up Burgess Meredith seemed like, you know, that's an old guy who's... <laughs> Shouldn't be fighting Burgess Meredith and even Frank Gorshin. I think like it's a very skinny man. It's not a hard fight. But like yeah, going with Gotham or going with uh, Michael Keaton and uh, Jack Nicholson or whatever. So it's always fighting yeah. an old an old dude named the Joker. Well, it falls it falls in line with you know sixties sure. superhero comics. But the pro the the big problem then generation is gap. Batman should never punch the Joker. Because the Joker is mentally ill, legitimately mm. mentally ill, and cannot control his own actions. Like, he can't. Yeah. You know, he, he is this thing. He he was, you know, well, to- either to- either born this way or tortured yeah. until he has become this way. Yeah. But he does not have uh, – he is mentally ill. So you should not, uh, as a, a guy trying to lay down the law – punch this guy in the face like you should stop him yeah but 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 we should not should get him on his pills but we should, should yeah that's that's exactly what you should do <laughs> yeah. and get him the right pills yeah but we should not be rooting for batman to beat up the joker so yeah. there's a fundamental flaw now i think yeah. that's just a fundamental flaw to batman where you've got all the villains in arkham asylum yeah, like, yeah. they're all mentally ill yeah batman shouldn't be we shouldn't be going good mm. Beat up that person who can't control doing riddles. Beat up the <laughs> beat up that guy with a bird obsession and the lady who mm. likes plants. Like then well, we're wrong. We well, should they shouldn't be at all. Like we shouldn't be going good for them. They're not evil. No one's evil there. Yeah, they're all just like but, but maybe have a disease. But maybe they are evil, but also insane. That could be. But you're messing it up by having them be insane as well. And yeah. you're having the whole setup here of like. You know, uh, him saying the thing in his diary of like, people expect you to not be but, this. You, He's saying, I can't not be this. But don't you think like a character like Hannibal Lecter is also insane? Well, that's like, isn't that what, a person who's insane? That's what was said in the uh, in the in the Manhunter was uh, where uh, what's what's the name? Uh, Will. Yeah. Will. Okay. Will. Where, where uh, you know, uh, Hannibal Lecter is asking, you know, how did you, how did you catch me? And it's like, well. Well, I had a, a a really big advantage. Like, what is it? Well, you're insane. <laughs> there you go. That's yeah. it. You yeah. know, that's the, that's the thing. But and, you can uh, be you can be insane and also know the difference between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. But you, you know, might not. That, that's we don't know. Possible. It depends how. Like, it looks it like this Joker doesn't know the are. difference between reality and not. Mm-hmm. But like, he knows. But he knows it's wrong to kill people. Does he? How, you're making an assumption there. He doesn't know that that lady doesn't exist when he's walking out with her. Like, you're, to say that he knows the difference between right and uh. wrong. I don't. I don't know if he doesn't know. You, yeah, but you. Do, okay, that's right, and you're correct. You don't know. Yeah, like so I don't know if it, it, like his fantasies. You know, he may be actively like he's actively creating his own fantasies in the film, right? Maybe we see him do that when he's dreaming about going on okay. to the when to he's the show. fantasizing in bed. He's yeah. just he's daydreaming about it. But when he when he's walking out down the street with the the woman that he's attracted to, uh, I don't know if he knows that she's not real. I don't know if he's just like making that up, or like when he's or, at the stand-up club, is he imagining her in the audience? Yeah, that's of a course. Weird, okay, that's a weird thing. He's imagining be, everything in the comedy oh, club. Well, you don't think that comedy club happened? No, no, it happens because we have the footage on on the TV show. But I mean, he's imagined like his or maybe idea even of it, that didn't happen. The idea of it being a success is uh, like you know because to him he had like a a rip roaring night and everyone was laughing at his jokes and stuff like that. Oh, but do you think that's, that's not, what it was? 
Well, because when you watch the footage on the on the Murray Franklin show, the audience is quiet. There's no laughter at all. The audience yeah. is like sitting there like in stunned disbelief. Oh, I thought, I thought he bombed. Like I thought. Oh, no, no, he bombs. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I thought he knew he bombed. Oh, no, no, like, no. He thinks he's he did la- great. He's got his laughter. And I think like when he laughs, he's basically crying and can't control it. Mm-hmm. And so I think he knew that he was not doing well. But then the next oh. thing we see is. Is him like with his arms aloft. And he's walking out of the club and he's happy with her yeah, and everything's great. because that's just the total fantasy at that point. Like, I think that's where the fantasy starts, much like him locking himself in the refrigerator. And the next thing we see, it's the next day and things are fine. Yeah. There was a big gap there that we don't see what's going, what's going down. And it's yeah. a confusing scene. I'll give, you, I'll give you that. Like, it's, it's, it's weird. I'm not sure. But I, but I didn't think he thought, like, yeah, I'm nailing it tonight. I thought, like, when he was watching the TV and sees himself on the screen, he's yeah. de- definitely surprised. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, and then, you know, he gets, he gets mad and some things happen. <laughs> things happen. And, and, and again, it feels like that could be fake. That could not be – that might not be real. Yeah. But back then, I mean, you know, it's not a million miles away from stuff Letterman would do where, you know, if there was something going on, he'd just like make fun of the person and, you know, everyone would laugh at the crazy person. He'd bring people on who were not, you know, you know, should probably have been on TV. And it was just something you did back then. This was a thing like this is the oddball. Let's all laugh at them. Yeah. One thing I didn't think worked was I didn't think that uh, De Niro made a good Carson. I didn't think he made a good one of those guys. I thought his joke delivery uh, yeah, I thought because I don't think he was a Carson. That's that's what I mean. I don't think that's what he was. I think he was a local celebrity, mm. like a Gotham celebrity, like like a Joe Franklin. That's why he's Murray Franklin. Okay. That he's a local, not so good talk show host, like a cable access talk show host okay. kind of a character. I felt I felt it was like I know he had like the the curtains for. It felt for like the it was Tonight an almost show. exact but, lift of Carson. But I think that's because the show was a lift lift of Carson, so it copied. It copied a show that okay, was successful. That's a, it's a possibility, but there's yeah. nothing to say pro or against. It's just an assumption. Yeah, so yeah. And also, the Johnny Carson show is filmed in Los Angeles, and the and no, that show the takes tonight, place. Uh, the Tonight Show uh, for a while was. I mean, back then it was filmed in Los Angeles, but there was a while that the Tonight Show was filmed in New York. Oh yeah, but I don't think Johnny Carson was on it then. I think it was Jack Parr's show, right? Does Johnny uh, Carson also in New York? That's a good. Or question. did he bring it to? to that is LA? a good question. I think he did do some New York shows, but uh, okay. I am I am I am not a hundred percent sure. Yeah. All right. Well, let's bet $200 on it. <laughs> now, one thing I also had a, a – a, it's it's like here's the thing. There there was a um, – it's weird to bring it up this way. There was a, a cartoon I liked called Duckman. And that was a on, good show, yeah. And on Duckman, mm-hmm. they had a thing once where uh, – oh, No, were, maybe, I think of Danger Mouse. Sorry. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, where Duckman was in a mental asylum. Okay. And uh, and and you could get away with... Um, Wait, was, sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you again, but was Jason that... Jason Alexander was the star. Okay, that was a good show. Yeah, yeah. Right. And there was a thing where no one would notice you if you were dressed in a crazy costume. Yeah. So he was dressed, I believe, as... Um, uh, Scarlett O'Hara. Okay. And he was walking along and everyone was ignoring him because they all just, nah, just you know, yeah, yeah. The only time that they would notice you is if you did anything that was in character. So at one point, like he goes, oh, fiddle dee dee. And then everyone notices him and they grab him. <laughs> and it's like, you do the one thing and it breaks the thing and it yeah, breaks it, it all. Yeah, it breaks the spell. And like the whole movie, there's not a laugh in it. Mm-hmm. There's no comedy relief. No. At all. No. They're holding you down, brother. Yeah. But there's one funny scene. Okay. Do you know the funny scene I'm talking about? I don't know. Let's hear it. The funny scene is where um, uh, Fleck kills the big guy with yes. the scissors. Okay. And then the uh, little person there, yeah. who, what's his name? Jerry. Jerry is there. And Jerry, he says, uh, Jerry, you're the only person who's ever been kind to me. You yeah. can go. And as Jerry goes to go, he lunges at him for a second. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> and then Jerry gets to the door and realizes he can't open the door because the, the, the lock's too high. The yeah. lock's too high. Yeah. And... 
it's a funny scene. And like the audience, my audience, I don't know if your audience was laughing, but my audience was laughing. Mm. And I was like, oh, oh, so we're we're laughing now. And I thought like, oh, okay, from this point on, there'll be some, there'll be comedy because he has now become who, who he's become. He said life now becomes a comedy. Yeah. And here we go. We're going to have comedy. And here we go. And I thought like you could play mm. it that way. But because there's one laugh... It just was totally inconsistent with the rest of the movie. Yeah. And that to me was like, well, no, you can't do that. You can't mm. have like one time where you break break it and go and play it for 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 laughs. Yeah. You can't do it. If you're gonna if you're gonna keep this uh world, it's gotta be that unfunny world and everything is awful. <laughs> well unless unless maybe I mean, Fleck people... is now enjoying life yeah. and like he can see the funny side of things now and he's enjoying things so yeah. maybe but then they don't have any laughs for the rest of the movie. It's interesting there, there were, I don't remember people laughing at that scene in when I the theater I saw it in and I didn't laugh at it and I thought you know it's kind of a tasteless thing to do to someone who mm-hmm. who you say you like to scare them you know so, so I don't know I just He also I think, makes fun of his accent. That's right. He makes fun of his accent. It's a tasteless thing and then frankly it's a it's a little person joke. Like, isn't it funny? He can't reach the thing. Mm-hmm. All three things are awful. <laughs> but, but I think by that point, there was so much tension in the room yeah, that, yeah. that they let... I think that's how I'm putting it. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's not that there was a laugh. It was mm-hmm. like, you let the tension out. Yeah, a little bit. And it's like, no, you've got to keep the tension if you're, if you're going to play it this way. I guess. Unless the, your whole thing is, now we can relax. He's the joker. Mm. Now he's what he should be. Yeah, the world has changed. I think maybe okay. that's. I think maybe that's it. That's that's it. And I mean, I mean, in the movie is he accepting, and the mo- the world accepting through his fantasy that his sense of humor is right. Like no one in the movie thinks he's funny. He's not funny. He's not a funny person. You know, his humor is not funny. There's nothing remotely funny about him. He's 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 out of step with what, well, what people think is funny. I will. Uh, here's. I would disagree. Okay. Uh, but then... Tell when, me this Whopper when, joke. When, when am I not? It's not Whopper joke. <laughs> it's um, the one the one uh, group of people he seems to do well with yeah. are children. Like, he's okay with the kid in the bus. The kid yeah. in the bus is having a good time with him. If that's reality. Maybe. Okay. Uh, the because little... if we accept your theory, which I think is kind of interesting, that the black women are are uh, some sort of... a. Projection. Projection. Could be. Then that's And the sequence. woman he falls in love with, she's got a daughter, and the daughter doesn't seem to mind him. She's mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. And the kids at the hospital, yeah. they all like him. Yeah. That's fine. Like, the only reason that screws up is because the gun falls out of his yeah. thing. Yeah. But up until that point, they're all having a good time, and, and mm-hmm. they're liking it. And then he says later, no, I need this job. I love this job. Yeah. He does he does well with children. They're fine. They're fine with him. They get him. Yeah. You know, he connects he connects with them on a on a on a level that he doesn't with anybody else. And that's just a weird little thing. Not weird little thing, but that's a, that's an element of the film that they don't really follow up on. But yeah. he's really good with kids. Mm. And then you know. He's really good with kids, but like his, he's good in the hospital. Yeah, yeah. But he you know, he's he's a doing his job. I mean, i think he's good with kids. But in a creepy way that it can only go so far. Do you know what I mean? Like, like when he's making faces with a boy on the bus. Okay. Like it would, it's fine. But that's all he's got. Like if he keeps going like for twenty minutes making faces, the boy's gonna get bored and turn away. You know what I mean? Like it's well, not gonna. Well, he's doing Chaplin type stuff. Like he's doing old timey humor type stuff. You know. Uh, and when 
Well, he's doing, I mean, he's doing like faces. He's okay. dancing. He's dancing very old timey in the hospital. Okay. Like when he's dancing on the street, uh, even when he's spinning his signs, he's yeah. basically doing chaplain type stuff sure. now with his, with his feet and whatever. And yeah, yeah. Rolling the eyes. So, you know, he's an old timey guy. And the kids get that. The kids mm-hmm. are like connect with that kind of old time. They're not cynical like, you know, the adults are. In fact, I, no, I'll, I'll say I missed the scene where he met Bruce Wayne. I did have to go out the washroom. I came oh, okay. back when Alfred was like confronting him. Oh, okay. How did he connect with Bruce Wayne? Was he reconnected that... once again. He connected, he had a little magic uh, wand, yeah, which could be f- floppy, yeah, or st- stiff like an actual, you know, little cane or whatever, yeah. And then he gets has flowers come out of it, and he gives that to to Bruce Wayne. There we go. Okay, yeah, he's good with kids, and yeah. that and that guy at that point, because he way, thinks he might. We be have a... we haven't we haven't re- revealed that twist. Yes. Yet. Uh, go ahead, please. He thinks that Bruce Wayne is his brother at this yeah, point in the film. His half brother, yeah, yeah, his half brother. Before he discovers that his mom also suffers from, possibly also suffers from, but we're not sure because there are other clues. There's, we hear, we have a transcript of of he reads a transcript from a from the Arkham Asylum that pretty much definitively tells us that she was delusional, right? Was suffering from hallucinations. Was also incredibly cruel to him as a child. And probably has cr- created the problems that he's she having. She wasn't cruel to well, him. Well, she put him in a situation where he was in danger, yeah. And she was as well. That's the thing. Yeah. She was in a situation where uh, both of them both of them were being abused by, by somebody. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. And you can blame the mom for that. Sure, you can. Sure. Uh, but we don't we don't know really what yeah. the situation was with that. And and I don't know if in this world, as in every other representation of Thomas Wayne that we've seen, mm-hmm. he's a doctor or not. Yeah. But if he's a doctor and he's trying to say someone's crazy and commit them, yeah. then Thomas Wayne is a monster. That like, <laughs> you know, she was pregnant. He 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 changed details about things, made did a cover up and put her in an asylum. To, did he do that or is that what we're that's the thing. Like, because the thing, because there's that's a possibility. Because there's the photo mm-hmm. of her with with Thomas Wayne. Yeah, and it says something you've like got, "You've make me smile" or something. Some, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, T W or whatever on it. And so, I love your smile. There's something. Love along, your smile. Yeah, that's yeah. right. So like, she loves his smile. So that's what she loves about her son. Mm-hmm. Is like you've got a great smile. Yeah. That's why he wants to smile, and that sets him up for the Joker thing. But that's because mm. it reminds her. Once of him. again, I would more, need, which leads you to believe. He is the son of Thomas Wayne more than she's or, delusional, or that's also a delusion. So that's why we. Yeah, I feel like I need to watch the how movie about, one how more about time this, that Thomas so I can Wayne, figure out. Okay, <laughs> where, Thomas Wayne is a rich sack of shit. We know that from him being on television yeah. and saying people that are less fortunate than him are clowns. Mm. He's basically a you know in the mold of a Donald Trump. Like he is the guy who is. Who's who's a rich guy yeah. who looks down on other people? Mm-hmm. So knowing that the movie has set him up as a piece of shit and not in any way with any good in him, the idea later that you know he would have you know put her in an asylum, that's possible. And then we have the thing too with the fella again, an African American gentleman um, who's got lines uh, is uh, is is saying when he asks like, how do people get sent here? Oh, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, they're mentally ill. Sometimes they have no place to go. Sometimes there's other reasons. Hmm. And the other reasons are <laughs> because they get framed and they have to be put away. So shut up because the rich people, you know, need yeah. to live their lives and live behind their gated fucking communities with their butler. And yeah, I, I think the more realistic idea in this film, in this cynical world where everybody is a piece of shit. Yeah. The idea that 
that uh, they are brothers is is much more likely to me because the world's awful. So yes, it makes more sense that Thomas Wayne is as bad as he could fucking possibly be. Hmm. I don't know. I I, I can't I can't say to it because the movie has it both ways. So you it doesn't really come yeah. down. It doesn't really settle on 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 one or the other. And because the film is so unreliable in so many ways, it's hard to know. It's hard yeah. to know. I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't even want to judge Thomas Wayne for the things he said on TV because I don't know if he really said those or if it's just the just Joker, just um, Arthur Fleck creating a, a world that that justifies what he what he's done. And I'm not sure at what point Tom, uh, Arthur Fleck was uh, being tortured. Like I don't know. At what age? I don't know if they said like what age he was being hurt. Yeah, before before ten. There we go. This is the thing that yeah. there's a little something about that where like he can he can relate to children mm-hmm. because that was the age before he got damaged. Yeah. So he connects with them, and that's the time of his life sure. that it was okay. Sure. And then yeah, then then it all then the world. That's a big part of trauma for sure. Yeah. 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 And maybe and maybe the other thing about that is. You know, he's on all these medications, and maybe he needs these medications. It looks like the, the health, no one's listening to him, for one thing. So it's it's quite possible that he just doesn't know about the trauma that he's trying to, yeah. you know, that he needs to work through. So instead, they just keep giving him all these pills, which turn him into a skeleton. Yeah. And his mom won't tell him what really happened, and is, is playing up Thomas Wayne as a great guy. Yeah. And yeah, he, he never is dealing with the actual issue at hand of like his abuse. And they just keep pilling him and pilling him because no one listens to what he what he has to say. And then eventually they do. And the world listens to what he has to say. <laughs> and then he's okay and he gets off his pills and he's fine. Uh, or at least as fine as you can be because the world's batshit. Ah, there you go, batshit. The world is uh, is awful, so you might as well get off your pills and just run the world. And I don't know. I don't know if that's the message I don't think that's the message of the film. But okay. You don't think that's the message of the film? No. Okay, what do you, what do you think the message of the film then is? Because it feels like this one is, the message to the film is the other Batman movies you've seen, uh, this is the opposite. Yeah. This is the movie where the Joker is correct. Where everything the Joker believes is true, whether whether uh, in fact multiple things he believes is true, and perhaps you know uh, th- these things can't exist together, but he still believes them. Yeah, and so this is all. Well, I think the movie his perspective. I think if you're looking at it as an origin move, origin film, which I don't think is necessarily you necessarily have to, or or it's tough when you actually have the origin of Batman in the end of your. Movie. Yeah, but but um, the movie ha- the movie is positing these things. Through him, not through through the world. Like people aren't telling him this. He is experiencing the world in this way. The same way you can have two people go through two different upbringings and have two different views of that upbringing. Mm-hmm. You know, one can have a incredibly negative view of it, and the other one will be like, "Well, I don't remember that at all that way." You know, so it it's really you know, it's this film is about perception. But I think you know his perception obviously is 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 obviously been compromised by the fact that he you know has mental illness. An untreated mental illness, and then when he goes off the pills, then really things really go crazy. You know, it doesn't, he doesn't get better; he gets worse. Does I mean, he? Yes, he gets much worse. No, does he? Yes, his his, his delusions are start really running away with him, don't don't they? I don't know. It yeah. could be real. I don't I, know. Like yeah. like he like there is a there is an argument to be made that he is not mentally ill. There is an argument to be made that 
the, the way the reason he's damaged right now is he's on eight different medications to deal with something he's in complete denial of. So it's not that he's mentally ill; mm-hmm. it's that he's drugged. Yeah, he's drugged to the point where he can't control laughter and all this kind of stuff. And when he finally, well, the, no, the laughter is not from the drugs. The laughter is a condition. Well, that's something he's been told, but okay. you don't know. Okay. I mean, he got that he got that card from the person who we've said now or at least the system that is that he said doesn't listen to him. So, he goes off his pills and says he feels better. Now, of course, in every movie you've ever seen, that's a bad sign. Yes. But when we live in Gotham City and everything is terrible yeah. and every person is reprehensible. Okay. Uh, is it bad? Like it seems like he seems happy now. He seems okay. He's listened to. He's he's dancing down the stairs. Yeah, uh, he's in control. The audience uh, at the talk show, as you say, loves him. Um, yeah, he seems to be fine. Like he is what he, he is, what he should be. And why not kill people? Because people will kick the shit out of you in a subway car, maybe to death, if yeah. you don't let them. If you don't fight back, mm-hmm. why not? What's the problem? Everyone's garbage. Yeah, yeah. No, it's go it's off a... your pills. <laughs> don't listen to Ian. Don't go off your pills. No. Don't go off your pills. This is the movie. It's not reality. Yeah, that is a that is a bit of a problem. Well, well here's the thing. <laughs> when you get to something like Fight Club, Fight Club spoilers, um, he's he's a guy who's mentally he's mentally ill. Yes. Um, is uh, are we are we supposed to be on his side in in that movie? Because again, well, this feels like a bit of a tribute to that film. Yes, because he blows up the banks. Sure. So we should be on his side. Very and yeah, that's the thing. We're going after the kill the rich. <laughs> that's right. Both are kill the rich situations. And you know they are they would be villains both of them in any yeah. other movie. Yeah. Are they heroes in in, in, sure. in their own movie? I mean, you could ask the same thing about Taxi Driver. Is he a hero in Taxi Driver? Is he a hero when he goes and he kills people and saves saves in quotation marks uh, the young prostitute Jodie Foster's character? Is he a hero? You know, the movie makes it pretty clear that he's still damaged, that he's still not yeah. right. Like the end of the film, sure, it's very clear that he's still. It could have been worse. Stock in the world. Could have been worse, you know. Still out there. Yeah. You know, so. There is definitely a you talking to me scene where he's fantasizing uh, about talking to somebody and pulling out a gun and uh, ends up shooting the wall. Yes, yes. So, yeah, we do a little riff on on Taxi Driver for sure, sure there. That's, I see, that's a bit of a laugh in the film as well, actually, now that you say that. When he shoots the wall and he scares himself and. And he turns out the television to hide and tells his mom that he was watching a war movie and stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's a moment of okay, of, blows a blows a little steam. Sure, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of levity there. The movie isn't completely grim, but uh, it certainly is not completely happy. Yeah, when you get to a point, sorry, I think in the in the movie where uh, you know he's he gets uh, the holy hell beat out of him by mm-hmm. a, by a gang in an alley. Yeah, and then gets his the sign, opening, opening scene. Yeah, yeah, gets his sign broke. You've seen it in the trailer if you haven't even seen the movie, and goes back to his boss. Like everyone's sympathetic, generally sympathetic in the clown room. Yeah, uh, where they're all uh, talking. But then he goes to his boss and and say, "Why'd you leave? Uh, why'd yeah. you leave your thing? Uh, you you got to give that sign back. We're gonna have to make that come out." your pay and when you get to that point you just go well this is ridiculous this is ridiculous you know when it's like uh you know i got i got jumped you know he could just pull up his shirt and just go look at my wounds i got the holy hell knocked out of me yeah uh but it's like no we're going to take it out of your salary and you got to do this and it's just okay like the world at that point it just seemed like well the world is cartoonishly bad (laughs) now this is a really terrible place yeah this is like this is so over the top at this point like first of all it's it's over the top that a roving gang of youths 
would like just grab his sign and like while they're kicking him, kick him harder, harder, harder. It's like it's like this is Gotham, baby. Yeah, this is this is this is like a Fox News dream. It's just like (laughs) everyone's you know awful there, and like the roving gang of youths are gonna do, and then. Yeah, but it's not just the poor; it's also the rich because the rich also kick the shit out of him in the subway car. Mm-hmm. So everyone wants to kick him. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, uh, I went and saw the film with my wife, and uh, she said, and it, it, she said two interesting things to me. Which one? When I, I, she said, "Well, that was a trip into depravity." She said when we left the theater, <laughs> and the other one was, she said, interesting thing, which was that she said you you wouldn't like his character at all in the movie if he didn't dance. But when he's dancing, you see the real him, hmm. and you've, that makes him more sympathetic. Otherwise, you would have no no way that when this film would you have any connection to the character. And I thought that was interesting. I think that's true as well. And it's something that Phillips conveyed to Joaquin Phoenix is that this character that dance is the most important thing to this character, and that's the that's when he is truly himself. I thought, oh, that's that's interesting that they well, that's the that. yeah, that's the parallel to Chaplin where he's you know in his uh, in the store doing. You know, going around on the roller skates. Yeah, it's like that's when he's the mo- he's in full movement and mm-hmm. and and not doing a I don't say doing a routine, but that's him. Yeah, it's the surreal, over the top. Yeah, that, yeah, that, I I'd agree with that. And she also picked up the fact that when he was doing his dances in the apartment, when they're very small and very kind of close body thing, is not full because he's not fully letting himself out yet. He's right. just doing these very small kind of gestures. Uh, a lot of them are Tai Chi based, which I oh, okay. is interesting as well. I don't know if that was just a choice that Joaquin Phoenix made. Maybe he does Tai Chi and he just kind of incorporated that into the, the dances or, or what. But uh, yeah, that was interesting. Okay. Well, I mean... <laughs> it's the kind of film you sigh over. Yeah, like it is the sort of film you sigh over you because... You go like, I understand technically. Yeah. Very well done. Very well I done. I think, uh, like, I know he wanted... I know the director wanted to involve Martin Scorsese in some way and Martin Scorsese wasn't that interested. He uh, did... He was... He was Produ- uh, working on it as producer for a while, but he had another uh, other he had another Sorry, project yeah, that he moved okay. on to. Yeah, like it yeah. just feels like it's such a just such a lift of those kind of films. That's fine. If you, you I have no problem with someone yeah. doing a, a, a an tribute, homage, a homage. Yeah. That's right. At what point, though, to me, it's like if the whole film is that, like Taxi Driver. I'm trying to think. Of the last time I saw Taxi Driver, I, I, I just remember that it's a movie having, I've seen more than once. Yeah, I, I mean, it feels like I get that it's. Like it's a, it's a dark film. Mm-hmm. Get that. But it felt like it had more levels to it than this. Whereas this felt like it just kept going down, 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 <laughs> down. Until, again, yeah. my, my, my big sins with this were then it becomes a Batman origin story. Or yeah. slips that in there, which yeah. just seems too wink, wink, cute. Yeah, I don't like it. Um, I, I, and then, I, you know, it's uh, and then uh, having the the one scene where it, like lets out the steam, and it's like, well, you just you're trying to have your cake and eat it too. Now you can't, you know, it, and didn't go didn't go that. Like by the time you get to the point where you're on the talk show, you know what's going to happen. You're just waiting it out. You're going through, and it happens. I wasn't actually. I was. I guess I was. I guess I was thinking that was the the. The ultimate outcome of that was him sh- killing uh, Frank Murray Franklin, but but I didn't I didn't um, yeah it was still surprised me because I didn't expect him to like just hang around waiting, and I like the fact I like the shot that occurs when they're showing the sequence again later on and you see like the stage crew d- tackling him like just coming off camera and like, just tackling this guy you know mm-hmm. and yeah I think so in that world does Jay Leno get the job after him? <laughs> well, he was in the closet. Mm. He was in the closet the whole time, just listening in, waiting. Who knows? He may have been the person that was uh, masterminding this whole uh, tormenting, 
tormenting uh, Arthur Fleck. Just we watch the movie again and look for Jay Leno in the background of all the sequences. <laughs> yeah, he's the real Joker. He's the real Joker. <laughs> he's got that chin. He's got the Joker chin. No, this is a good point. Oh man, now I'm just thinking of Jay Leno as the Joker. I like this very much. Uh, he has the same laugh too. Mark, uh, yeah, Mark Maron um, uh, had a thing like uh, a while back where he was talking about how um, this. Well, first of all, there's two things. One, he was talking about the director who did this little thing about how you can't make comedy anymore and he talked to that in a, in a in quite a good way that you can read about okay uh but before that he was um saying how he liked this film because this it seemed like this was a more grown-up movie okay than you know the other the other movies and i don't necessarily think that it's a more grown-up movie necessarily mm. like it's different it's different tonally yeah but i don't think it's necessarily more mature just because it's darker no it's still it's still based in um it's still based on no. It's not. It's not. It's not a real thing that we're seeing. Like it's not a reality. Mm-hmm. You know, like none of these movies are about reality. They're all about fantasy worlds. Yeah. That create. So, to me, it, you know, it, that are that load the dice in favor of the fantasy world. Yeah, it's a bit of a. It, like to me, it's a mix of of um, you know superhero with uh, you know like I mean superhero as in people that grew up reading Dark Knight and Killing Joke. Yeah. It's that, it's that kind of fanfic mixed with. Scorsese mm-hmm. like let's take those mm-hmm. two things let's put them together yeah. and take out all the things where they learned their lesson at the end and Batman <laughs> is right take that out and in that way we'll have a more mature movie because we're not going to have you know Batman going and the lesson is and you know no you're right people are can be redeemed nope nope take it out well, leave it leave it dark I mean it's not it's not meant to be that kind of movie though it's not it's it's a character study it's not it's not telling like a. It's not a. It's not telling a moral story. It's not a superhero story. Like a super superhero story is a moral story, but this is not what that is. This is what is it? This is a character study. It's a character study of a person who's breaking down. But it's not really a character study because everything is so cartoonishly. Yes, that dark. is a problem with it because it's, it's basically based, like it's based in the car, it's, it's based dro- in a cartoon world. It's so. basically Droopy Dog. Yeah. If Droopy Dog eventually snapped and started to kill people <laughs> at the end, nah, I can't it's not that take bad for anymore. Droopy. I got to look after my wife. It's not that not bad my wife, for my Dro- mum. Yeah, boo boo. But like, but it is the Droopy Dog world of like everything is yeah. Debbie Downer. Everything is every aspect, every corner of the sure. world is soaked. In this, which but there are again, people could, who see the world that way. That's the thing. If you're going with because he sees the world that way, yeah, then then I think you just there, need. There are people that that's how. No, that's true. Yeah. But like because it's a movie, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like you need to have some semblance of balance. Like it can't. I your don't. Whole, well, uh, your whole movie can't be sour. Like you need at one point, like if you're cooking something, uh, to have a tiny bit of sweet, so that you understand, <laughs> so that you taste the sour. Like if the whole movie is one flavor, and yeah. it is. Yeah. Then by the time you end, you can't taste it anymore. You've just adjusted to it, and you're sitting back in your chair, just going, "Okay, this is how it is." But mm-hmm. you're not really even feeling it anymore, and yeah. that's when they do the. The, the uh, listen, we're going to give you the Brazil type. Oh, or was it? Or maybe it wasn't. <laughs> and it's like, well, now you're just being fucking clever. Well, and like you're being depressing, and then you and realistic, and then you lead to clever, you know, twisty, twisty, twisty movie things at the end and a yeah, Batman yeah. origin story. And it's like, well, this is bullshit. I now. didn't. Yeah, I found. I thought the ending didn't completely cohere, and that would be my my one complaint about the film, actually. Uh, in term, like in terms of besides. You know, besides the fact that being like, like kind of yeah, a little a little over the top, you know, and a little little too little too much too too close to its comic origins in a way, but is that the very end of the film we have him sitting in in a room talking to the to a 
psychiatrist. Who does and, seem to be listening to him. Who, yes, who's engaged with him and see and sees that he's going through something. But then we cut to him walking down the hallway. Right. And he has blood on his shoes. He's leaving right. bloody, bloody marks on the floor. It's a little bit of a uh, reveal. Yeah, we're like, yeah. okay, there we go. And we're, Now, what does why that mean? He, why is he walking? Okay. So, so does that mean that he beat up the, psych, the yeah, psychiatrist? Yeah, he killed, he killed this guy. Which, which to me didn't work too because she's asking him, tell me a joke. Like she's asking him, tell me a joke. Yeah. And he's like, uh, no, you wouldn't get it, is what he says. Yeah. And it's like, what? What? whereas like if she says, tell me a joke, yeah. it's like, okay. And then the next thing we see is him walking down the hall and he's got blood on his shoes. Yeah. That makes sense. But if he goes, I'm not going to tell you the joke. But then the next thing we see is he's got blood on his shoes. Yeah. Like, well, he did tell her the but joke, then, which is the joke is like he kills people and that's his joke. Yeah. Well, then that didn't that didn't work. That was a weird rhythm. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, that's what it's... And, and then so he's chased, he's once chased again, by the orderly's very comedy And it has style. a very dream part there. So I'm thinking like, oh, is that part of the the, the his his fantasy world that he's, you know, that the joke is that, you know, I would kill you, but I, you know, I'm not going to because I'm sitting with, you know, I'm probably, because I'm a murderer, I am probably in some way yeah. uh, handcuffed or, or, you know. And am I wrong or did he, did he have more weight on him by that point? Like, it felt like at the end when he's talking to her, he actually is like Joaquin Phoenix type weight. He doesn't have that gaunt thing which no could be, he's still pretty gaunt looking. okay it looked yeah. like he had more weight on him like he'd been in the asylum for a while it's only when he has the white make pancake makeup on as as, as joker at the end of the film that he really because it just hides the gauntness because it's mm. just like a flat white color but um yeah no i think he's still pretty pretty much himself like okay. as, as he's been through the film yeah well you know when it comes when it comes free on tv i might i might watch it again i'm not going to guarantee that because i like I say, I have a hard time. I'm interested in hearing people talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I my, my, my landlord is a movie reviewer as well, who, yeah. uh, who found it very disturbing, but really did love love the movie. And mm-hmm. he's an enormous Batman fan. And I'm happy for anyone who likes this, right? So, sure. like, you know, uh, if you if you if you enjoyed it, excellent. That's great. I'm so glad that it brought some joy into your life or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean that sarcastically. I really am. Like, um, uh, to me, it. Uh, it was. Uh, I, I just found it kind of amateurish. Like I thought, stylist. I thought that it was made by a competent filmmaker. Uh, the acting was very good, um, but uh, I honestly don't. It just was too one note. It was mm. just too one note, and that's just no good for me as a you know for any movie really. Yeah. It's like the whole yeah. movie is the same kind of comedy throughout. <laughs> it gets boring. It's like it's Hangover Three. It's like I never saw that. Well, I know, but okay. Well, let me just tell you this. Yeah. Hey, did you see the first Hangover? I did. Well, then you've seen Hangover 3. Well, why don't you like That's it what now? I figured. You liked it then. Yeah. It's like, yeah, because you have the same thing over and over again. And even if you like it, I've had enough ice cream. Yeah. I'm fine. And you get to the end of it, and it's like, man, I've had more ice cream. And then at the end of the ice cream, you try and give me a Batman origin story. I'll go, oh, come on. <laughs> and then you give. That was then a... you try to be M. Night Shyamalan clever at the end. It's like, stop it. I this isn't what I this movie is. I didn't mind that. Don't at start all. me with Scorsese and end me with Shyamalan. I didn't mind. I didn't mind that. I don't think it. I, and it didn't happen at the end of the film. I don't know why I keep saying that because it was about three quarters of the way through it when there's the revelation of the girlfriends not not there's being the a, revelation of the girlfriends. Yeah. Not being not not the girlfriends, but the girlfriends not being a girlfriend. girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he comes and sits in her apartment, and she's scared of him because suddenly there's a man sitting in her apartment, and he's well, treating treating it like they have a relationship. I'm considering it that that the the ending is the like the ending where he's talking to the psychiatrist in the white room. Mm-hmm. 
uh, is showing you that what you saw before wasn't true because we we see the Joker standing on a car, yeah. and like covering you know uh, covering his uh, cheeks in blood, making yeah. the smile with his own blood, yeah. Which again, uh, um, but he's, he's being worshipped by everybody around him, and yeah. that seems to be a fantasy sequence. That's a total fantasy sequence, right? Yeah. So that's a thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We're going from we think this is reality, but no, we're cut to the real reality. Mm-hmm. So that's. That's a Shyamalan switcheroo. Oh, okay. That's a Brazil, oh, you were in the fantasy. Once again, Robert De Niro's in that one. These are all the connections, folks, uh, where it's like, hey, you're the hero of the story. Smash cut. Nope. See, this is where the reality is. It's here. Yeah. But then they end with another thing that looks like a fantasy at the end. Yeah. And just like, okay. Yeah, that's, that's where enough. it, it kind of lost that's me enough. there, for sure. Yeah. And I'm, But like I say, maybe I'll uh, give it another view, one of these... One of these centuries. Yeah, I'll listen to people talk about it, but I don't think I'm probably going to see it again unless, you know, unless someone's discussing it in a way or watching it with a commentary yeah. track or something. Mm. I'd, I'd like to watch it again just with more, like slightly le- less, because, uh, you know, when I watch a movie, I tend to be very, I tend to submerge, submerge myself in it. I don't, I don't sit above it and, and watch it. I like just, I just watch it really intently, um, which is why I, I I find like people I talk to often have trouble with like plots and stuff like that, which I never do. I think mm-hmm. because I'm so like into the movie that I'm not second guessing. I'm not thinking ahead. I'm not trying to double, you know, double guess the the director. I'm just like, oh, okay, this is happening. <laughs> so, okay, and they're going to do this. All right, that's good. Okay. So, I, yeah. So, it'd be, it'd be fun to watch it just without having no knowledge of what's coming next. So I can kind of judge where I think reality and, and, you know. It'd be fun uh, to watch the movie and, uh, and and just be someone in the audience who is completely confused by it. Mm-hmm. Like it would be fun. Loudly to, confused? Yeah, that's the thing. Like <laughs> where you where you have the scenes where you see uh, that she wasn't there yeah. on the dates yeah. and just like – and just turn to like you know the person I'm with like, so she could turn invisible? Has she got superpowers? <laughs> Dude, is this, a, is this, is this I, what's going on? I knew it was a superpower movie, but is this, uh, is this superpowers? Oh, is this what's going on? Okay, oh, very good. Cool. Oh. He's Batman. That guy's Batman. He's not Batman yet, though. And that's that. That's Alfred. He's from no. the TV show, remember the Pennyworth show. But he gains weight, I guess, because he's fatter here. That's fine. Anyway, he's in the Pennyworth show. They did a whole show about him. Yeah. You guys, you guys watch Pennyworth? It's too bad they. Who here watches Pennyworth? It's too, it's too bad they already used the name Penny Dreadful. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sounds like this person has some uh, issues as well. Hmm. He's like Jarvis. Did you see? Do you see that Marvel thing with Jarvis, and so on and so forth? And just uh, you know, finally have someone get mad at you, and and then just uh, there's some violence in a Joker movie, and everyone goes, oh, "Thank goodness!" Says the media, "We were really hoping for this." And then they can do that story that they've oh, been waiting yeah. to do for Fine. so long. Yes, enjoy. But I think I think both sides kind of were uh, had their had their uh, you know. Their ideas of what this movie was. I was just saying, be it was and... a weird idea to the, do this movie. Period. Like it was just weird. Like mm-hmm. when when you heard that they were going to do a Joker movie. Yeah. It was like, oh, with uh, Jared Leto. No. What another goddamn Joker? We just had <laughs> Heath Ledger. We just had Jared Leto. Well, Heath Ledger is a while ago now. Believe it or not. I know, but at the time it was like you know he won again. He won an. This Oscar. is a new generation. This is a new generation. Okay, Joker. it's a new generation. That's fine. But it's like. Jared Leto, we just, for old people. That's good. We just saw Jared Leto. It was a big thing. Everyone was pushing Jared Leto, seeing all the pictures of Jared Leto. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, we're going to do another Joker movie. What? It's a standalone. What? Why? What? For what? What's the thing? Yeah. Is it going to be a Batman origin thing? No. And also, coincidentally, at the time on TV, they were doing like a season long, I think, Joker origin story on Gotham. Mm. And it's just like, okay, man. 
The Joker is fine, but yeah. that's enough fucking Joker. Like we're Jokered out. It's fine. It's fine. We're done. We're good. It's fine. It's all right. It's all right. F- move on. Penguin, Catwoman, Poison Ivy, anyone else? Two Face. Let's get another take <laughs> on Two Face. It's fine. Two Face is an interesting character. Probably the most interesting. Yeah. I'm. I don't know what you do with Penguin. No, Penguin is. This guy likes birds. Uh, Penguin's pretty impossible. I think they did the best Penguin they could possibly do with in Batman Two. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's gross and that's accurate. Like it's just a gross idea, and the reality is gross. So I'm glad they did it in a gross way in that movie. I so live in the sewer. Yeah, I guess it's pretty gross. This it's yeah, this is gross. Uh, all to say about this movie is that I just I like I just like that they're just like winging it. They're just like throwing the throwing things in the air, throwing stuff at the wall, and seeing what sticks. I hope they keep doing weird things and letting people do weird stuff with, with these properties. Sure. You know? Uh, and I, even if I don't think this was entirely successful, I do think that it was well-made and, and you know, that their creative hearts were in the right place, that they had an idea of what they wanted to do, and they followed it through to the end. And it didn't feel like the third act was, like, radically different in some weird way that, that a bunch of, like, executives got into it and went, you know what we need? He's got a, he needs to have a cat or something, you know, like it didn't, didn't have that. Whereas I know. feel kind of the opposite of that. I felt the third <laughs> act did go like, like into a completely different movie. Whereas yeah. like it was so grounded off the top, mm. so grounded in like, you know, people with mental health issues really need help. And, uh, yeah. and then, and then it just goes. Yeah, and then we saw why they need help. <laughs> and, then it, and then it just goes bananas. And yeah, you know. I mean, besides the Batman part of which I really do feel it was a corporate, uh, you know, dictate and an unfortunate one. I do, I do think that the film. You know, had a through line, had an idea of what it wanted, and and kind of kept kept it going. And 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 I think if you watch it again and watch watch uh, um, River Phoenix performance, you you'll see like this he'll this change in his character, this crescendo crescendo to the end of the film. Like he, he really does a great job with. He the, does a great job. Yeah. Oh, it's his best yeah. performance since Space Camp. I'll give you that. Yeah. This is a joke because he's done other good performances. Yeah, that's true. But Space Camp, <laughs> Space Camp was pretty good. Had a talking robot in it. It's fine. I don't remember what was Space Camp. Space Camp was a movie about Space Camp. Was it a Disney movie? I don't think it was a Disney movie. That was back when he was Leaf Phoenix. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't a Disney movie. I don't. Didn't I have just Kurt said Rus- I don't have know. Kurt Russell in it. I again, I don't know. No, I don't think so. Okay, I made me think of a different one. You think of the computer space war uh, tennis? Is shoes. that Space High? I maybe I'm thinking of. Was there a Space High? Are you thinking of the one where all the superheroes? No. Okay. No. What was well, okay? What do you think Space High is? Because I like the idea of this movie that you've just made. Uh, what is it? It's it's a Disney movie. Okay, if it's real, it, I'm. It I'm had all Kurt for Russell it. in it. Okay, and it involved it's a high school. It involved school. Like it had young kids in it as well. All right, and it was like, but I don't really remember very well because I saw it with when the girls were little, so I was much younger. Okay, it's been a while. I don't remember every is kids Bruce movie Campbell I see. in it because he's in a different kind of Disney movie that has the word high in it. Kevin McDonald. No. Okay. No. Uh, I think it was like super high. I think um, not super high. Me, that's a completely different movie, and really is not that great that film at all. Um, I, to, <laughs> yeah, and that's right, and that's what you believe, and that's that's Dave's take, and we're locking that in a box, and that's what it is. Put that in the fridge, and yeah, maybe that's where it I ends. Just, yeah, I just feel like what that's else what, can you? What, what else Dave, can you say about it? Right? Here's what I can say about it. I feel like it was uh, it was a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Who was a fan of movies yeah. and uh, and and borrowed from the movies that he wanted to borrow from? Okay. Got a good actor who uh, really committed to this and delivered a great performance. Yeah. I would not mind if he was nominated for awards for this; that'd yeah. be fine. Yeah. But I think uh, the movie maker uh, Todd Phillips. Phillips. 
Very good. Uh, I think he, uh, you know, he borrowed so much from all these other different worlds and put it together, which you can do. That's fine. You can. That's not yeah. a thing you can't do. You watch do. Quentin Tarantino films. That's what you, you see other people do. It. That's right. You can do that as a filmmaker. But to me, it felt like a bit of a Lego assembly of, you know, of uh, different movies. And he started Scorsese, ended with Shyamalan, uh, with a touch of Brazil. And then a little bit of, yes, sir, Mr. Producer, uh, the big shots. Uh, we can certainly add Batman to yeah. the mix at the end. Yeah. Uh, and, and, so you got, and so you got this. So, you know, and, and again, I think tonally it was just one note on the piano over and over again, getting darker and darker and darker and darker. And to me, that uh, came across as a bit dull. Also, just as someone who enjoys the character, I feel like you needed. I would have preferred to at least have someone offer a, a different philosophy, even if you then shoot that philosophy down. Everyone is so cartoonishly evil through the whole damn thing <laughs> that uh, that yeah. like, uh, who cares if it's like if everyone's if everyone's uh, an asshole? Who care? Who cares what happens in this world? And that's uh, that's how I felt by the end of it. it was like. Yeah, that was the thing. It happened. Yeah, here, and uh, here, here comes all the tricks at the end, and it's there. It is, and it's there. A trip to depravity. But do you think they could also, do a Batman movie with um, with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as the Joker? Would that be a, a thing to do? No, I should... don't think. I don't want to see that at all. I, I don't want to see any Robert more... uh, Pattinson is the next uh, Batman. Who, okay, I do hope you want to see he... Jared Leto as the Joker again. No, bring him back. No, I don't. I don't want to see Just what I want to see. Drop the Joker entirely. I'd like to see a little bit more sense of fun in these movies. Okay. Like I'd like to see. Looks like the Birds of Prey one's going to be that. Yeah, I'd like to see like a return to kind of. I don't want necessarily want camp. I don't want Joel Schumacher. Nope. Levels of camp. The, pe- the pendulum went so far with Schumacher yeah. that you ended up with Batman Begins, yeah. and then I think the pendulum probably with this is going so far. Yeah, you know this way that I think sure. yeah the next film which we know the next film will be definitely more uh, fun and that's great because you yeah, know that's fine they've got these fun properties like let people have, have, have use different voices and tell different stories like this is a story okay you don't like it at least it's different from what Birds of Prey is it's not like sure you know it's not the exact same thing like you're getting another a different flavor now we're gonna have this flavor and I like I just think that I just think that the Batman movies just or these movies in general just need like some fun, like a sense of humor to them. Just they can still have a sense needs of needs an enema. Would you say? <laughs> I think yeah. I think that these movies just need like. I mean, the peril can still be there, like the sense of you know. But I think if you watch The Dark Knight Rises, the final film in the in the Christopher Nolan series, I think you can see where this whole thing runs out of gas. Well, Batman you know? has a sore knee and decides to quit. Yeah. Yeah, my oh my car oh I'm losing yeah. a lot of cartilage. You can just see and, uh, you can really see where this whole thing kind of runs out of gas. It's like reality you don't need reality in superhero movies. You need a sense of fun and a sense of like daring do and a sense of, you know, villains that are villainous but also are goofs that, you know, you know, so that you have like a mix of stuff. Like this feels like like you talk about one note, like to me, Dark Knight Rises The Dark Knight is a very good film. Mm-hmm. But the Dark Knight Rises just feels like one note, like I a one note movie. I remember seeing Dark Knight with you, and you turning to me afterwards, going, "That was a, that was a good film." Yeah, yeah. yeah, I was generally impressed by it because I'm I didn't think Batman Begins was very good. Mm-hmm. I thought it was okay, uh, and I Dark Knight Rises I thought it was a Batman Begins movie. has the problem of uh, all those films where it's like origins are boring. Origins are dull because you gotta have you gotta have at least a third of the film with someone who's not the thing you came to see. Yeah, but I didn't like the Scarecrow character either. I just thought that was really silly. Yeah, 
Yeah. So it just kind of lost me there. So I was just kind of, Meh, what's going on? Yeah, the nice thing about the Apparently second... I wasn't paying attention at all at the end of the movie when someone was giving out playing cards. So I <laughs> missed, missed the whole beginning of the next film. Because when I saw the next, I was genuinely surprised when the Joker showed up in the next Batman movie, The Dark Knight. I was like, oh, the Joker's in this. Oh, that's... <laughs> I didn't realize. I know, cause, well, I just know, like, I know you do see movies. I just, yeah. I don't know how you avoided trailers. Like, I get you don't watch trailers online. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But I don't see how you avoid trailers in the theaters for the movie that's going to come up. Yeah. Like, and just go, oh, the Joker's in this. It's like, what? How did you not? I don't think I saw a trailer for, for the Wow, Dark okay. Night. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I was surprised. I know, again, I know all these people that avoid trailers. Yeah. And I'm like, except you go to see movies. Go to see and movies. they show them beforehand. Yeah, like, yeah. They're there. You could like close your eyes and hold mm. your hold your ears and go la 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 la. But I don't know. I don't know what it is. But then, to be honest with you, someone asked me the next day after I saw Joker. Their question was, "What? What do you think of Joker?" And then the next question was, "What trailers did they show?" Mm-hmm. I couldn't name a single trailer that they showed at the, the movie theater. Uh, I think they showed a trailer. Was this right? Did they show a trailer for Frozen? That would be weird. No, I didn't see that. Oh. It wouldn't be Frozen because no, that, that would wouldn't be make sense. Movie. It would be the wrong. Uh, it yeah. would be the wrong thing. Huh. I honestly don't remember. Like I know they showed them. I, I sat and watched they them. They did show a trailer for Frozen. Now that I'm thinking about it, not not the movie. Not when I not where I saw it. Anyway. Yeah, I think they did. Not where I saw it. And then of course there was lots of car ads. <laughs> yeah, but none with. Uh... I saw it in the VIP, so there are no ads before the film in the VIP, or oh. there's only one. Oh. Ad or something like that yeah. Oh, very nice. Did someone have their legs up during the movie too? We put relax back there. A little no, we don't have. They don't have lazy boy chairs at this one. Where it's uh-huh. a bit. Bit of a more, it's in Abbotsford, it's more down market, right? But it's, did you have a burger beforehand? I did not have a burger, okay. But Lisa had cheesecake. Well, I'm Strawberry glad to hear that. So That's that nice. nice. So she yeah. enjoyed the cheesecake at least. She didn't think the movie was terrible. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, what, what did she say at the end of it? It was uh, that was an interesting trip into depravity, okay. But uh, she but enjoyed a, the trip. That's not a value her. judgment, that's just a that's a that's what the movie's about. Very good. I was adding context that wasn't there. I apologize. <laughs> that's fine. Now, was it also a trip into depravity when she had the cheesecake? Because that sounds like decadence. Oh, very good. Depravity is different than decadence. I don't sir. know. It depends what the cheesecake's like. Mm. You and I should go to Cheesecake Factory. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had cheese. Oh, no, I have had cheesecake from the Cheesecake Factory. But the cheesecake, the menu at the Cheesecake Factory, that's is depravity. The, that's too long. That's depravity. I, I don't have time to read all that. That's different than decadence. All right. Uh, you're right. There's a Batman for everybody. If you don't like this Batman, by God, by God, there's tons of Batman out there for you. By God. There's tons of Joker out there for yeah. you. There's tons of everything out there for you. Mm-hmm. It is a and and I think we will probably end up uh, reviewing more things in the future. Birds of prey, that's for sure. Yep. So hey, do you have any thoughts on the matter? And I mean you specifically, the person who's listening to this right now, because we would love to hear from you. Here's a way to to contact us. Uh, again, we mentioned we do this other podcast called Sneaky Dragon. That's the way you contact us, and that's going to sneakydragon.com. And we have every episode of uh, this show and all the other podcasts we do. I'll tell you about those at the end of this. Uh, but we've got message uh, boards underneath every episode, so that's a good place to uh, put a comment. Also, you could contact us at sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. Did you have time to write that down? Good. Uh, we also are at Twitter, sneaky underscore dragon. We are at Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com. If you want to listen to other podcasts of ours, uh, as we've mentioned too many times, Sneaky Dragon, or we also have the Sneaky Dragon Listening Party. What is that, Dave? Well, Fancy should mention that because a new show dropped this week. Um, Oh, that will be next week when this one comes out, though. But anyway. Damn your time travel shenanigans. We we do these shows biweekly. So uh, this week, when we're recording this, is 
uh, Sneaky Dragon Listening Party, which is a show I do with my daughter, Mary. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it is, is we do some time traveling. We go back to a time when I made some mixtapes for listeners of Sneaky Dragon. And we go through the mixtapes and listen to the songs, talk about making mixtapes, talk about the music we listen to, make silly jokes, and generally have a good time. And people seem to like it a lot. So, so it's you the... are welcome to come down to the uh, rumpus room. So it is the opposite of this movie. Yes, it is the opposite of this movie. Full of jokes, good times, family, yep. family good stuff, uh, sure. laughter. Uh, yep. bo- the, the one thing both uh, have is uh, good music. Mm-hmm. There you are. That's true. Uh, and if you want to listen to some of our past po- uh, podcasts, uh, we did one called Completely Beatles. We went through every uh, Beatles That's album and song. Good show. Uh, we did Totally Tintin, where you can t- sense the themes of our naming these things, right? Uh, totally Tintin, we went through every Tintin uh, my, my personal story. Favorite. Is that your personal favorite? Yeah. Very good. So you know Dave doesn't care as much for uh, full marks, uh, where we go through every Marx Brothers. Also very good. Okay, very good. But, but it's not your personal favorite. No, I totally Tintin is the one I really enjoy doing. Okay. I don't know why I like that one the most. Oh, seems to be I shoot, think, shooting this one we're doing uh, right now down a little bit. Uh, I think that one felt like the moat that we shared the most... In the show, like in terms of interests and our and yeah, and that could very storytelling well be. and I would like say that. Uh, one to listen to that was my personal favorite about that one was the last one we did because we did an <laughs> unfinished Tintin story which just had a script and we acted it out. Yeah, that was fun. So just a couple of hams you having can, a good time. You can hear you can hear me slowly lose my voice doing a, a gruff Captain Haddock. Before we wrap this up, who is your favorite Joker uh, portrayal of the Joker in pop culture? Favorite portrayal of the Joker in pop culture? We well, got Cesar Romero. We've got Jack Nicholson. We've got Heath Ledger. We've got never liked the sixties Batman. Okay, so I Jared Lynn, not a Mark Hamill or you know what Joaquin I, Phoenix. Yeah, I guess I'd have to go with Heath Ledger. I do. You know, I did not like Batman the Batman movie the the. Uh, the Tim Burton? Michael, yeah, the Tim Burton one when it came out. I didn't like it very much at all. I think because I was really sold on the whole Dark Knight idea and that that was kind of sold as, as something the movie was going to do. Okay. And it didn't do that. Nope, it was its own thing. But looking back on it now, I think, and I should watch the games. I've only seen it once. But looking back on it now, I think it, it was more successful than I thought it was. Like and how it mixed humor and and the kind of more serious idea of Batman. And I and I and I should give it a, another watch. To it's, see. it's interesting to me when uh, I remember like people talking about how uh, finally we have a serious Batman, mm-hmm. and I'm like Michael Keaton <laughs> sleeps upside down. <laughs> watch it again, guys. It, it's pretty silly. Yeah. I mean, it has serious elements too, but it is sure, it it's does, also yeah. pretty silly. And the people of Gotham are real suckers. That's what that one thing that movie tells you. That's true, and it's nice because you got Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson both having again a ham off. Yeah. And the music of Prince. Indeed. In fact, the, uh, the look up some of the music videos Prince did. He makes an interesting Joker. Mm, yeah. interesting. Oh, oh, you could also cool. include Prince as your favorite Joker if you wanted to. Uh, then I'll do that. All right. There I'm you big, go. Big fan I'm of gonna Prince. Go, I'm going to go Mark Hamill, who is so committed, so committed yeah. to the idea of Joker. Yeah. He has the word Arkham in the middle of his name. Oh. It's right there. Has he pointed that out? I pointed that out. That's very witty of you. Thank you so much. Haha. I don't think we can I don't think we can top that everyone, so let's uh say goodbye. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye from Ian and David. <laughs>
Uh, Murray, one small thing. Yeah. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? 